Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time we've all been waiting for. The Dark Knight Rises has finally come out, and those of us here at All Things Good and Nerdy are prepared to present you an episode all about the sheer awesomeness of the man we call the Batman. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Hold on a second. When I said Batman, I meant the cool one from the Christopher Nolan films, not the campy 1960s one. I'm talking the badass Batman. Come on, you guys know what I mean. I'm Batman. Exactly. That's what I meant. The Christian Bell Batman who could beat your ass. Why so serious? Well, it's the Batman special. Don't I have to be a little serious this time? To paraphrase the Joker, ladies and gentlemen, we're tonight's entertainment, so allow me to introduce the cast of All Things Good and Nerdy. First up, we have the Adahe. Well, I want to cut you all. I'm just going to cut you all. Followed by Naki. I will punch you in the head. I, thought... I will punch you really hard in the head. And lastly, Chris. You guys are fucking nuts. So sit back and relax as you present this Batman edition of All Things Good and Nerdy. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to All Things Good and Nerdy, where we are, you know, nerdy and crap. Uh, this week is our Fuck Yeah Batman show, as we will be discussing the absolute new movie that just hit the streets on Friday called The Dark Knight Rises, if maybe some of you have heard of it. Um, now, what's this movie you speak of? I have no idea. Everyone keeps talking about it. Is Adam West in it? It doesn't count if Adam West isn't in it, does it? <laughs> uh, this week we are missing Adahe because of... T- <laughs> it only counts if Adam West is in it. <laughs> Greatest movie ever, then. <laughs> Which, apparently, he had some sort of cameo that everybody missed. Um, this week we're missing the Adahe, thanks to technical difficulties. Like, once again, Google just hates us. Um, we have our usual guests. Uh guest, our usual host of myself and Chris, but we have our guest host returning from last, from last week. We have Mr. Jeremy Eden, who we will introduce first. Jeremy, tell us about what's going on. Maybe. Did, did that go through? Like, I can got you. Can, can you still I, hear yeah, us? I'm having delays. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, if, uh, if there's a long pause, I apologize. Well, uh... But, hi! <laughs> <laughs> you could tell us about your show and your Kickstarter and stuff. Self-promotion, go! Okay. Alright, cool. Um, yeah, the Kickstarter, we've got uh, my calendar here. Just a little bit a week, like less than 10 days to go. Um, we've still got quite a ways to go on that. It's not impossible, but uh, hopefully we can uh, get some more support during this last stretch. Uh, and even if we don't, uh, doesn't matter. We're going to keep going on and we're going to make the movie anyway. But Yay, um, the exciting Batman-related news is that uh, on August 4th, yeah, August 4th, we've got... Um, Holy Bouncing Boobies at Batman Burlesque, which I wrote, 
We'll be premiering at Gorilla Tango Skokie. Um, if anyone's familiar with the Gorilla Tango burlesque shows, they've uh, really grown in popularity over the last year and a half or so, starting with their Super Mario Brothers burlesque. Uh, and then, of course, they've, um, they're still running the Star Wars burlesque, Indiana Jones. So um, this one's going to be, yeah, opening up at the Skokie location on Saturday, August 4th at 9 p.m., I say, I think. Um, and I wrote that. And uh, it's turning out really well. I got to see a producer run through uh, last week, and uh, I'm very excited about it. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Shows. Yeah. Um, for those of you who have not been paying attention to our tweets or Facebook posts, we will be giving away two tickets for the premiere of Holy Bouncing Boobies. Um, just stay tuned, and we'll have a trivia question for you guys to answer. Um, yeah. Next up, we have our uh, baldest host of Chris. Shameless self-promotion for you. Um, I don't really have much to self-promote. I guess I'm still writing my column for 401 Games, so you can check that out on a weekly basis, except for when my computer craps out. And I co-host here. Go team. Go team, all things good and nerdy. Um, Chris has a giveaway this week as well, where he will be giving away a copy of the PS3 version of LEGO Batman 2. So if you are interested, you need to stay tuned, because we will also have a trivia question for that as well. And then I'm Naki. I own OneNerdyCupcake.com. Uh, I am also the One Nerdy Cupcake Twitter person who is annoying and tweety a lot. And uh, I, I say dick butts a lot. And um, writer for Kryptonian Spade and um, not Batman, but I'm going to pretend. So. Yeah. There you go. Um, so, as I said before, but in case you tuned in late, we will be very spoiler-heavy on The Dark Knight Rises. So, if you are tuning in and you have not seen The Dark Knight Rises and don't want to be spoiled, I'm very sad to say you would probably not want to watch this episode. Um, but if you want to win things, we will, uh, I don't know, send a smoke signal or something. Maybe we should do the uh, announcements of those before we go into the spoilers. and just you, we, can we, can, we can continually talk about them throughout, and we will choose, let's say we'll choose tomorrow at 6 o'clock central okay. time, so 7 o'clock eastern, we'll choose the two winners for these, um, for these awesome prizes of awesomeness. So, if you're interested in winning the PS3 game of Lego Batman 2. Which is an awesome game, I might add. And he would know because he's played it. Multiple times. And for far too many hours. <laughs> Logged in many hours. A game hours. meant for kids should not be that fun for adults, but it really is. <laughs> I'm so left out because I have not yet played it. Um, so our first trivia question, which is for the PS3 game, is which six actors appear in three of the live-action Batman movies? Again... Which of the six actors appear in three of the live-action Batman movies? Tweet at us at at ATGN Podcast. And uh, let us know who you think those are. And then for the tickets to Holy Bouncing Boobies, which is for people in the Chicagoland area. Sorry to everyone outside of it. But uh, we're not paying for your travel costs. Yeah. <laughs> we're not uh, that nice around here. Or rich. 
There's that, too. Uh, so, for those of you in the Chicagoland area who are looking to win tickets to Holy Bouncing Boobies Batman, who, or Holy Bouncing Boobies Batman Burlesque is what yes. I meant to say, but I just don't know how to talk. It's um, all good. The Holy Bouncing Boobies is the important part. Exactly. Do you want to announce your uh, Twitter qu uh, Twitter question? Or yeah, sure. How about that? Um, so because this is a uh, satire on the original 60s, we're going to have a 60s-related question here. What are the three actresses who played Catwoman over the course of all three Batman seasons and the original 1966 movie? The three ladies who played Catwoman. Answer that. It's another you can get one. Get some tickets. Yay! Win tickets to the premiere, and that is another one you're going to tweet at us at at ATGN Podcast. Um, I'm wondering, should we set this up as a Facebook message as well? Yeah, we'll put some Facebook. We'll put after the show at least. We'll put the Facebook message up for both trivia questions. Okay. It's not like it's the first person to get it. It's going to be more of a random selection of those that do get the right answer. Right. So, we'll throw it up on Facebook. We'll have it up on Twitter. Make sure you tweet at us, and uh, you can win some awesome things, because winning things is awesome. And we'll, we'll go over these again at the uh, middle and end of the podcast. So, shall we talk about things that are spoilery, and uh, I feel like we should have a spoiler alarm sound at this point. We have one in the audio mm -hmm. version of the podcast, but until I figure out how to do a soundboard in the video version, we do not. Alright, well let's just say we have a spoiler alarm sound going off right now. And, uh, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Let's talk, let's talk Dark Knight Rises. Because somehow I yeah, hear about let's. this movie. So, <laughs> did you guys go to the midnight premiere for Dark Knight Rises? Yes. When you get, alright, just to set the atmosphere for folks, when you guys went crowded theater was no, seeing like a bunch of I fans or... I was fortunate enough, I went to a Marcus uh, Ultra screen, so it was a nice large screen. I didn't want to go to an IMAX, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a nice sold-out show, good environment. I went to a very small theater yeah. that never sells out around here, and uh, it continued to not sell out because nobody ever goes to it. Um, but unfortunately, and one of the things that I do go super dick mode on is the uh, lack of theater etiquette, and uh, mm. yeah... We still had that issue, even though it wasn't sold out. Plus, the chair sucks, so, you know, for a three-hour movie, it's a little uncomfortable. I, the one I went to was also sold out. It was really weird, though, because they were showing Ice Age, or the new Ice Age movie, right before it, so that didn't let out until, like, 11.15, so they had us lining up in the halls. But I will give them credit. The guy that, who's managing the theater made it a point to talk to everyone out there and keep reminding them, hey, you should really go to the bathroom before this movie starts. He goes, it's three hours long. You don't want to get up in the middle of it. And in all fairness, it worked. I didn't notice anyone getting up during our screening of Dark Knight Rises. During and my second screening, I saw it a lot more. Second screening? I'm jealous. <laughs> Jeez, I'm waiting until next week to go see an IMAX. I saw it just in regular this weekend, but then on Saturday I'm going up for IMAX. Yeah, I uh, don't want to pay the extra money. So. It intrigues me that like the whole last 45 minutes of the film is supposed to be all an IMAX film, and then there's another scattered 20 minutes throughout or something like that. So yeah. I kind of want to see how cool that looks. And not many other filmmakers tend to embrace IMAX the way Chris Nolan seems to be doing it. That's true. 
Yeah. He does enjoy IMAX, which is nice that it's not 3D IMAX, just IMAX. Yeah, he doesn't like 3D. I've actually read some interviews with him where he thinks it's just a gimmick, and I said, ah, finally, someone famous who agrees with me. Yay, fuck 3D. Oops. Ah, shit. I just lost my computer. My that bad. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Batman loses computer. So, b- before we get into the movie itself, did you guys get the teaser for Man of Steel before yes. Dark Knight Rises? I still don't care. Yeah. 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 It was. It worked to be a teaser, but it really did nothing to make me care about the movie. It made me remember. Yeah, I, oh, I, yeah. I couldn't care any less than I do about right now. All it did is make me go, "Oh yeah, there's a Superman movie coming out next year." Uh, the one, there was one trailer. Okay, there's a trailer for Looper that I was really excited <laughs> about because I love time travel. I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and I love Bruce Willis, so it all works out well. And then there was a trailer for The Hobbit in the second screening. I didn't see it in the Midnight Show. Man, but, you guys got good trailers. I didn't. Uh, the Hobbit looks amazing. Yeah, I saw the Hobbit one, I, and then I got like, I got like a. a it was weird because I've been seeing them. It's just like I got the yeah, same got that TV too. trailer for like Total Recall. I was like, Yay, why are you playing this? Who gives a shit about Total Recall? I think I got I got the new Born movie, and yeah. I got the new Will Ferrell Zach Galifianakis comedy, yep. and I was like, I got really? those too. The Will Ferrell one didn't quite make yeah. sense as to why you yeah. would show it with that movie. Whatever. I don't know, but it looks like he's basically just impersonating George Bush for the entire movie, so it could be funny. Oh, politics. It's like... No, got, I just uh, like his George Bush impersonation. I'm not going into politics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's essentially uh, George Bush and uh, Seth Galifianakis starring in a movie together. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looks like. That's a fair way of putting it. Uh, there was... Um, yeah. The Bourne Legacy movie looks really good, except that I've never seen The Bourne Identity. So I told my brother that maybe... Or, like, the, the original three Bourne movies. So I told my brother that maybe I should watch them. He just looks at me. He's like, that's because you have a crush on Hawkeye. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It I think that, doesn't hurt. I think that movie's going to be really good, and I found out that this fourth movie actually starts like halfway through the last movie that came out. So they run parallel for part of it. So I really do need to watch the At the very least, you need to watch the last Bourne movie. Uh, maybe I'll just make time aside. I will say it. the Bourne movies are a lot of fun. But I'm they're, stuck on my cape. They're really crazy at times. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I've gathered. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll probably just barrel through them one day. So anyways, any other trailers that we'd like to discuss before hitting up the uh, the big Batman? No, I mean, the big one I was wanting to see was Man of Steel, mm-hmm. and I felt just disappointed because it really did nothing unless you're a Superman fan to make you, oh, this is going to be awesome. Even if you're a Superman fan, I didn't hear anybody go like, Woo! I don't understand how there were reports coming out at Comic-Con that they saw this teaser trailer and their fans were so happy they were crying. And I saw that, I said, how how does this elicit that reaction? I said, maybe, maybe I'm just cynical. <laughs> I don't get how anybody... Yeah, maybe you're a little cynical. No, I don't get how anybody can get that emotionally yeah. moved by a trailer or anything. It doesn't matter what it is. That's It's not like this is the first Superman movie ever. This is just the latest attempt to bring him back. 
Yeah, it's like, well, we're trying again. Like, hopefully this will work this time. We tried a soft reboot, now we'll do a full one. This time he won't yeah. be a deadbeat dad. And a stalker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we can always keep trying. So. Superman. I... I've always found Superman boring. Like, I never even read his comic books because he's boring. You know, there, there was a perfect moment in Dark Knight Rises where I just got real cynical and my buddy's a big Batman fan. At the end, I went, you know, that would have been a perfect scene for Superman to drop in. I won't talk about it until we get to it in the movie. But there's a scene near the end. I was like, oh, and here comes Superman to save the day. <laughs> and I was like, if Nolan wasn't running this, they'd do it. <laughs> exactly. Well, if Nolan hadn't been doing the movie, they probably would have tried to do it to make a comprehensive yeah. world. But I was going to say, Nolan is part of the new Superman movie, isn't he? He's like the godfather, for lack of a better term. He's the executive producer, and he can pull some of the strings. But I don't think he... I don't know. He's done after that. He's not doing any more superhero movies. Aw, okay. So we'll get into that, because... I got super excited by the end of Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Yeah, so let's start. Let's start talking, huh? Yeah. <laughs> let's let's no, actually no, start talking about it. Um. So yeah, what did Jeremy? You've you've said you've had some. Uh... Oh, you know what? I would like to hear the positive uh, opinions <laughs> first before I get into my issues with this. Okay. Okay, Chris, go ahead. You go All right, first. Just in random order, Gary Oldman continues to be awesome as Jim Gordon. He pretty much looks like Jim Gordon out of the comics, and now that's probably the voice I hear in my head when I see Jim Gordon in the comics, versus whoever it was in the cartoon series whose name escapes me. Anne Hathaway, I was very surprised by. I liked her Selena Kyle. It, she had a lot of the lines and things you'd expect to see in the comics, the little quippy one-liners and the dry humor. And I know that some people had had concern that she wouldn't be any good at it. I was pleasantly was surprised how much I enjoyed her in the role of Selena Kyle. Tom Hardy's Bane is not anywhere near as iconic as Heath Ledger's Joker, but that being said, his Bane is still scary as shit at times. He's mini-Bane. I did have trouble understanding him at times, though, and... Oh, I had no problems understanding him. There were only a couple lines where I was like, wait, what'd he say? And I had to try and replay it in my head to figure it out, and it was generally when there was a lot of other things going on, so the audio kind of washed out, but that was interesting. I loved the twist at the end, even though I kind of called it going in. For the comic book fans and... Oh, we lost Jer. For the comic book fans and for people who played the Arkham City games and things like that, it wasn't much of a twist. That's true. But if you were just someone who'd only watched the Nolan movies, yeah, you didn't see that one coming. That was a... It was a new thing. But, I, uh, liked, I liked the way in which they brought Liam Neeson back. Yes. Because it was all flashbacks. They didn't try and bring any Lazarus Pit lore into things. That was actually something that I thought they were going to do. when they. Okay, so when they announced that he came from the pit, that was the first place my mind went to, was that they, they, were, bringing back the, that they were bringing in the Lazarus Pit. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, why would you bring in the Lazarus Pit now? I didn't believe that no one would bring in the Lazarus Pit because it's too unrealistic, for lack of a better term. Agreed. Oh, that's why I was like, why would you bring it in now? But when they, you know, described I think, it as the, as the I jail. I think they're referring to it as the pit was partly to get the fans excited, too, to think it was something different. I think it might have been him screwing with the fans a little bit to try and make them draw a conclusion that was incorrect, or I could be reading way too much into it. 
it, it, I mean, it could go either way, really. Um, I was gonna say, is Jer back? Did we get? Yeah, Jer he back? just popped back in. One of the things I really enjoyed with this one welcome is. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. Hi. <laughs> it begins. It'll happen again, I'm sure. Yeah. The, the battle in the battle in the sewer, I think, is one of the first times you see the Bale Batman fight, like the Batman you've seen in the comics, where he just is stealthy and pops out of corners and. Are you meaning when he's with Catwoman? When he's with Catwoman, taking out the the henchman. I'm trying to think of the right word. I thought that was pretty cool because you've gotten hints of it before. Like he did it in Batman Begins, but it right. wasn't as polished, for lack of a better term. He was still in training. He'd just begun. Hence the name begins. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. Um. What did you think of Joseph Gordon-Levitt? I figured his character had... had I myself... Yeah, go ahead. I, I found... I think I found that to be the most interesting aspect of the entire movie, was his character. Like, to me, most of the movie felt like it was his movie, as opposed to a Batman movie. So, like, I didn't... I didn't, uh, I didn't have any issues with uh, with his subplot or his story or anything like that that I can remember. But, uh, and then of course there was a little twist at the end which I totally predicted almost word for word too. Like before I did an earlier movie. show too. Yeah. Um, so what do you, do you think that they're going to evolve his character into more movies or do you think no. that this is it? We're not going to see any more. They're going to reboot Batman in two to three years because they want to make a central world, a shared world, rather, just like Marvel. Fuck you, Ryan Reynolds. This was actually, I like the way that Christopher Nolan ended it because he basically said, hey, I'm closing off my sandbox so you can't really play it anymore unless you want to use this one character. He pretty much Which, said... Now, like, the, the thing that I find about, like, and I even kind of thought about this before the movie came out, was that my prediction for the end was that... Uh, Gordon would be taking you know, again, spoiler, uh, somehow would take over the mantle of the Bat, whether it be actually becoming a new Batman, like a Terry McGinnis type of Batman, or being uh, um, like a pseudo-Robin, which it ended up turning out. So to me, I think it, it's possible that they could use Gordon Levitt in a uh, future series of Batman movies if you know, they kind of somewhat divorce it a little bit from the Nolan series and, you know, get away from the obviously heavily grounded in reality because, you know, if you're going to do a Justice League, you got to skip reality a lot. Um, I went I went Nightwing. I did, like, I, you know, he just evolved straight from Robin into Nightwing at that point. I don't know. That's how my brain works, though. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a blend, really. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. But I think they're hinting heavily at the fact he was going to assume the mantle of the bat, not necessarily a, a hero of his own creation. Right. Because the Batman's a symbol in that Gotham. I mean, much more so because mm -hmm. he'd been surrounded in mystery for so long and then disappeared for so long, it literally became a symbol for a lot of things. And that's true. I just... Um, if, if that was the case... I really hope that they don't do the Ryan Reynolds reboot and use Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, but how do you sell... 
you're going to have a hard sell on that for some people to do a Batman movie where it's not Bruce Wayne. See, I think you'd have an easier time selling that than Ryan Reynolds coming back and being Bruce Wayne all over again. I think you would actually have an easier time with someone who was handed over, essentially, handed it over to him being the new mm-hmm. Batman. Fair and enough. Doing it that way than going, oh, hey, by the way, that whole series that you just watched and thought was amazing didn't exist. This is what's happening. But personally, I don't want to see them continue the Nolan world without Chris Nolan. And he's already said he's done with the Batman movies and superhero movies and stuff like that. I, I don't want to see someone else try and take the world he created, the character he literally created for this one, and do something with it. Because he has a brother. That's true. And his brother <laughs> writes the scripts and stuff with him. But I, I don't know. I, I would just like to see Christopher Nolan's trilogy be untouched and not be messed with by anyone. Um... Something. Regardless, either way, it's a cash grab. If they do another movie based off the Nolan versus cash grab to bank on that, if they reboot it, it's a cash grab to bank on the shared world. And it's I said that necess- three times on purpose for the drinking game. <laughs> it's not necessarily a cash grab, though, because fans enjoy it, and fans kind of want it. I mean... Yeah, but you think they're not going to bill if they did another one with um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character as the on the continuation of the Christopher Nolan saga or something like that? They're going to they play could, off the fact from everything else that's come before it. Well, they could call it something else. It doesn't have to be the Dark Knight trilogy anymore. It could be whatever. Give me another one that it could be somebody. I don't know. I Personally, I just think they need to leave it be. Let it end. Well, they're not going to, and we all know this. So what would you rather see, a Ryan Reynolds or a Joseph Gordon-Levitt? I'd rather see a reboot, because I don't want anyone to touch what Christopher Nolan has done. It's, yeah, I, I think to reboot it's it. the kind of it's the same argument for any sequel or reboot for you know any movie that you're like why are they redoing that it's like the fact is it's you just have to make sure that it, at this point reboots and remakes and sequels and everything they're going to happen no matter what so you just got to kind of hope that whatever they do they everything falls into the right hands you know because like any one thing could go wrong with a reboot or remake. I think I, I mean, if if they were to do a second series using Gordon Levitt, I, I think that they can go from what was started with Nolan's trilogy and then just kind of build from there. And I don't think it's really would take too much away from uh, his movies. And I really don't think that especially if you start getting into the more Justice League stuff, I don't think that the two would be completely comparable. Is my argument. <laughs> would I, it, see, I yeah. think if if Gordon if they, if they gave it to Joseph Gordon Levitt instead of Ryan Reynolds and they and they built it up that way, I think it would actually not hurt the Nolan series as opposed to if I, I think if they handed it over to Ryan Reynolds and his fast talking asshole Batman, which is the only way that I could ever see Ryan Reynolds playing it. I mean. Where are we getting the Ryan Reynolds connection here from? Is this something we've heard, or are we just making a joke yeah. out of it? No, no, he's actually been confirmed for a reboot of Batman. I have not seen that, so I that's why I was... I, don't, I have not seen that, nor am I excited to hear that news. No. But, and I like Ryan Reynolds. I think, he, I think he's... Uh, you know, he could be really funny, and I think he's a, a good performer. I even said that, like, way back in when Two Guys, A Girl, and a Pizza Place was on. I was just like, 
That guy's going to be somewhere wow, someday. that's a throwback like, show right there. <laughs> yeah, I used to watch that shit. Yeah, he was. Yeah, um, But yeah, I mean, I liked Ryan Reynolds even back then, but as a Batman, like, I don't know, at this point, it's so hard to say because, like, you know, people said the exact same thing about Heath Ledger and look what he turned in. But, right. yeah, the idea of Ryan Reynolds as Batman, just because he was, like, just the Green Lantern, you know? And just Deadpool and, it's just like, and just... <laughs> Yeah, and it's just like, like I, I felt really weird about Chris Evans being Captain America, like right after he was the Human Torch. You know, it was like it wasn't that far off, and there was both Marvel movies, but obviously, you know, two different studios. But yeah, I, I don't know. Still, yeah, I completely Reynolds. agree. Hey, Naki, I'd just like to point out that I just googled Ryan Reynolds as Batman, and it's all news dates from April one, twenty twelve. Yeah. Yeah, uh, April Fool's Day. No, there was actually something. And then there's a bunch of people going, hey, Ryan Reynolds is Batman, and the, he updates to say, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I should change my tagline to idiot extraordinaire. Thank God. I was sitting here, I was like, why haven't I heard more bitching on the internet about this? <laughs> oh, thank God. Never yeah, mind, ignore me. Floor. But that's why I was like, why? Oh, see, I don't pay attention to dates, so that's right. awesome. I, I still. So, Naki yeah. is a very idiot. Thank you, <laughs> thank you very much. I just proven myself awesome. Still, my personal opinion is, if they want to try and build this Justice League world, don't use anything from Christopher Nolan's world. Which means they'll get greedy and they'll reuse the Joker in the very first Batman reboot, probably. I really hope mm -hmm. that they don't yeah. do that because. Um, I think that's just like... It, it's going to be a tough awful. sell regardless, though, whoever comes in to do this next Batman movie, because you have to follow up three movies that are very well liked across the board by Chris Nolan. Well, okay, and I don't think that Chris Nolan is one of these guys, but do you think if they throw enough money at him? No. He's got, he can do whatever he wants now after doing this. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, he seems like so... Like he's so adamant against it, you know, that he well, doesn't seem like the kind of guy. And he's made a point of saying he's always envisioned it as a trilogy with a beginning, a middle, and end, and a, and a definitive end, and that ends the way he wants it to. I just don't see them being able to throw any amount of money at him to make him come back and do more Batman. Okay. And I don't think I want to see him do more Batman. I want to see him do some more original stuff. Inception was amazing. Yes. I mean, the man has a very creative mind for film. Okay, so I think let's the, uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think the smartest thing they can do for any Batman reboot, especially if they want to go the Justice League route, is, and it's hard to say because I don't know if Man of Steel is supposed to be, like, kicking that off, but if Man of Steel is, like, the beginning of a series of Justice League movies, I think that Batman should be the very last one that they do. You start with Superman, you can do Superman like Iron Man, where... You know, you do one, two, or, you know, a couple of Superman movies, but save the Batman reboot for the very end of that as, like, the final formation of the Justice League. And that, to me, would be the best way to go, because then that's going to give you the most time between uh, Nolan's movies and whatever becomes the next series. That That's exactly what I was thinking, too, is you have to try and put as much time in there as you can. But I, I don't know if they'll do that just because of how popular Batman is. Right. And I will say... Yeah, I mean, it's... Oh, go ahead. 
I just no, I was agreeing with you. It's it's a uh, it's really you know it's like the powerhouse characters is you know Superman and Batman, and even Batman is probably way more profitable. Yeah, I mean DC's Superman. big three is Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, and Batman has had the most success movie wise. Yeah. And they did say they hinted at least at Comic Con that Man of Steel would be the beginning of a shared DC universe. There was some comment by Zack Snyder to the effect of like Superman's the crown jewel of the DC world, so it makes sense to start things there, something like that. And I took issue and said, no, I think that's Batman, but whatever. <laughs> because most comic book fans are tired of Superman. I'm not tired of him so much as I never got into him because he's fucking boring. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the only thing that can hurt him is a rock, so it's really hard to write a compelling story where you can't use kryptonite all the time to make him be in peril. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. Okay, I was talking so. with Dan um, about, like, the, you know, potential Batman reboot just while we're on that subject. Like, rather than doing the Joker, like, he pointed out that, and I would agree with him, like, if you're going to start with a, a full-on reboot of Batman where, you know, you show an origin again, if that's the route that they go, they should uh, kick it off with Hush. Because yes. Ooh, that'd like, be cool. there's, there's definitely, I mean, there's already a personal tie to Batman's beginnings, you know, I mean, he, Bruce Wayne and uh, and he were friends growing up, so, you know, like, that, that's a good place to start. And that's a, kind of like a revenge story near the end of it, too, you know? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. You know, Hush is one of the first ones that I ever read of the Batman stories. So I, I think I Hush really is probably my favorite novel of the ones that I, I have plenty of Batman books, and I think Hush is still the one that I like reading the most. Yeah, that one's a lot of fun. I know it would never happen in a live screen version, but I want to see an animated adaptation of the Court of Owls and Night of Owls stuff. Yeah. They just did, because that was really good. It, it can't be in a movie, because there's way too many side characters that would have to be established first. But I've, I've heard a yeah. lot of good things about Night of Owls. Um, Man, Scott Snyder owned it. It was fantastic. I wanted to see The Killing Joke. I want to see an animated one because Mark Hamill will come back for it. Yes, Mark Hamill will come back if he if it is an animated version. He's already said that he would. But I yeah, uh, the Killing Joke is is one that I enjoy on a very I don't know how to say enjoy and be like horrified at it at the same time. But the whole Barbara Gordon thing, where her origins of Oracle come from, is. Mm-hmm. Is one that's compelling to me. I I enjoy, I enjoyed Oracle a lot. I don't know how Batgirl is doing in the reboot because I have not read them yet. But mm. I've heard good things. I just am kind of weirded out that there's no Oracle anymore. It's kind of weird. But anyways, let's circle back to the movie. I, I just popped on Facebook. My friend was a. Uh watching part of that, what we just said, and he just sent me a message regarding the Ryan Reynolds one. He goes, Ryan Reynolds, Batman? Yeah, I'll go right with Tyler Lautner. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no werewolves is Batman, guys. No werewolves is Batman. Come on. I just had to share that one because it made me laugh. <laughs> um, wow. Brain. That hurt. That hurt a little. Um <laughs> so let's let's circle back to the movie. What did you guys think of Bane's voice? Because I've heard very mixed on that. Other than the fact it was hard to hear at times, I really liked it because I just like the li- I'm trying to think of the right way the lilt of it, for lack of a better term, and just the way it came off because it was so different. Nothing like what you expect from comic book Bane, of course. But uh, I heard I Lucky Charms guy. 
<laughs> a lot of people said that it sounded like the Lucky Charms guy just got bigger. <laughs> no, I wouldn't agree with that. No. <laughs> I think I thought the voice was uh, I, I liked it. I mean, you know, they like I, you know you said the comic book Bane is kind of like more of a Spanish origin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't mind this. Is kind of like the more of like a gypsy accent, which like it didn't it didn't bug me at all, and I actually didn't have too difficult of a time uh, understanding. There was a couple lines here and there that were a little difficult to understand, but for the most part, it was pretty easy. But what I noticed about the movie was like it seemed like almost like Nolan was like, okay, yeah, I'll fix Bane's voice, but I'm not going to fix any of the other audio problems in it because there was plenty of times where like music was drowning out voices, or I just couldn't understand what other people were saying. I thought there was more audio flaws than just Bane's voice. Yeah, there are a few times I had some trouble, especially with Bale's Batman voice. I mean, sometimes even when it's no background noise, you can't understand it at first. Although I think it was better in this one than it was in Dark Knight. You know what I think the problem with the Dark Knight was? Like, I think the Dark Knight, it sounds to me like the helmet that he had on, like he couldn't breathe through the nose. Mm -hmm. So, like, there was points where he was just like, it sounded like he was doing a lot of mouth breathing. It, like especially like near the end, was like right, Julie. It sounds like uh, like it just. It sounded like he had a bad cold. Yeah, I, I I was reading an interview when they were doing all the stunt work on that, and he goes, "We had a hell of a time. We'd tell them to fight, and they wouldn't hear us. We tell them to stop." And he goes, "You gotta think. One guy's wearing a mask that covers up his mouth, so you can't understand him on set very well. The other guy's got a mask that covers up his ears. So they'd start fighting in a stunt sequence, and then we'd be like, cut, 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 cut. And they can't hear us, and they're just beating the shit out of each other." <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. Like, how do you how do you direct that? I mean, just yeah, that that would drive me crazy. But um, I noticed at least we, I don't know if it was my theater or what. Like when we went to the midnight showing, they just blasted the sound so that no other sound could ever be heard ever. And when we actually came out of the theater, we had that that uh, concert feeling. Like after you're at a really loud concert, you get the whoop 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 in your ears. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what it sounded like. But uh, at the second screening, the audio was off. Like, I don't know if they just screwed up the, the the sync or whatnot, but, like, you'd see the mouth move, and then, like, it, it would there was a delay, and I, oh. I noticed it. Oh, I couldn't do it. That would annoy the crap out of me. I, I noticed it really badly because I read lips because I don't hear so good. But, like, so, yeah, Bane kind of threw me off. I'm used to a uh, speech impediment because my brother, but... It uh, it didn't bother me as badly as it bothered some people, um, but yeah, the the audio being off the second time really threw me through a loop. Yeah, I really liked the Bane character. They, I think they did a good job of making him seem a physical threat all the time and almost scary at times. I mean, even in the trailers, there's that one moment where they're locked underground and he just goes Mr. Wayne and every time he says that when he t- when Batman turns to face him I got chills and in the movie same thing I was like oh this is going to be a hell of a fight you know what like it it seemed like it was going to be like a really big hell of a fight but like I only got one sense in the movie where like of Bane's true brutality like he was you know they're throwing fists around and you can tell that it's like hard punches and that he's calculated in his choices but like the only time I really got a sense of Bane's true power was, like, I think it was when they were on the steps near the end or, like, somewhere in the third act, and, like, at one point he, like, is punching them really fast, mm-hmm. and then he, like, punches a column, and, like, some stone breaks off. Like, that. there's that moment. That, to me, I was just like, okay, that's the Bane 
the way that Bane should have been throughout the whole thing. Sure. But I didn't get a sense of that. I, I felt the same way. Uh, most of it. Or, yeah. except I got more of the sense he was holding himself back at times. I mean, especially in that first fight with Batman, it was basically just mocking him and just picking him apart because he was no challenge at that point. Um, yeah. My, I mean, because they hinted at the fact that those eight years, Bruce really didn't do much and tried to just leap back into the role and he could handle typical thugs and stuff because they're no challenge, but someone like Bane, who had almost the same kind of training as him, was out of his league at that point. No pun intended. I'm, I'm kind of sitting in, in the middle of both of you there then, because um, I felt the same way about the whole, uh, the, when he punched the column and you see him break the column, it's like, okay, there's Bane. But at the same time, I felt the right. same way about, you know, that he was just kind of picking on him because he's like, right when he broke the bat, which I was so excited that he broke the bat. My brother's like, I, I don't yeah. understand why you're so excited about some someone hurting Batman. I'm like, no, you don't understand. And they did it in the right <laughs> way for the context of this movie where they didn't, like, shatter a spine. They just knocked it way out of alignment. So it's something you could theoretically say, okay, in five months you might be able to recover enough to fight again. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like they... Uh, they they really missed out, not really missed out, but I think I felt, and, and at the end when they reveal, you know, everything that goes on, which, spoiler alert, you know, with, with Talia and whatnot, you finally get the sense as to why Bane is doing this, but, like, I felt kind of lost watching it. Like, why why would Bane be doing orchestrating all this? I don't understand. And Well, part of it, he said, was to finish Ra's al Ghul's mission that was established in Batman Begins, which was to restart everything by burning Gotham to the ground. Right, but it didn't, it, to me it didn't feel like it was a really, it, it felt weak. Well, it, it, yeah. I understand that, but I think in all fairness you're not supposed to realize all how all the pieces come together until the end. I think well, it was designed that I way think, on purpose. Go ahead, Jer. Uh, I lost my train of thought for a okay. second. So um, <laughs> well, my thought is, like, for those of us who are comic book fans, or those of us who played Arkham City, and they kept talking about how Bane's the son of Raja Ghul, the rest of us who are sitting here are like, we all know that Bane isn't the son of Raja Ghul. We know Talia's the daughter. Mm-hmm. Like, we all, we all right. know this. So, and, see, I, I I, I, and I understand that... Hang on, hang on. Um, I understand that we were looking at it from Nolan's point of view, where this is supposed to be Nolan's trilogy and not a throwback to the comic books, but... I think a lot of Arkham City takes a lot from Nolan's uh, movies with the whole dark and gritty thing and being more earthbound and, and not its own little fantasy world. So I think for those of us who know the games and know the comic books and things like that, we already kind of knew that Bane wasn't part of the big you know, I, it, plot twist. But seeing as it was Nolan's world, I knew that that's how it was in the comics. I didn't know that necessarily is how Nolan would do it in all honesty, because he'd already changed the background of Bane in a good deal. He'd made Bane look different than a lot of people expected. So there was part of me was going, it wouldn't be unexpected for him to want to change Bane's backstory in that way, too. But that is such a major difference, whereas opposed to he hasn't done that much of a major difference with any of the other characters. Oh, I know. But I didn't think he was out of the realm of possibility, that's all. Yeah, I kind of went with it when they, like, when they said that, or when they thought that Bane was his son, like, I was just like, okay, that's a little different, but, like, it didn't bug me. 
Um, I, I thought it was an interesting twist if they ended up doing it that way. It kind of made me think of what they're doing in the co- current comic books with Henry Ducard's son coming back to get vengeance on Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, I felt that, that the whole reasoning behind why they were doing it was still, like, it just felt kind of weak. Like, I felt like that there could have been a stronger reason. Not Don't get me wrong, I, I enjoyed the movie, I loved the movie, um... I just think that for reasoning purposes, you know, like, you got Joker, who is chaos. You have Scarecrow, you know, in the first movie. Um, you have Raja Ghul, you know, for order. So then you go in, you have chaos, you have order, you have... And now we get to uh, Talia and Bane, and we're back to order. So I felt like it could have could have been something stronger. To me, I think the... One of the issues is the fact that, like, in the eight years since Batman has retired, like, Gotham kind of fixed itself. Like, all these criminals were behind bars because of the Dent Act and everything, and you didn't get a sense in the beginning until, like, Bane appeared that, like, Gotham was in any kind of, you know, struggle or anything like that. So it was almost just like, why are they still, like, what do they still need to fix? Like, what are they, what, what's, what's the point of carrying out Ra's al Ghul's goal at this point, because Gotham is in the process of repairing itself. I think part of it was because that was Ra's al Ghul's last task, I mean, and I think they would continue to do that because they eventually find out that that was all built upon a lie, the redemption of Gotham. Right. I mean, once Bane finds that note that Gordon, the speech that Gordon had written, I think that would, for lack of a better term, cement their plan to eradicate Gotham because they can see that all these steps Gotham took to fix itself were built upon this giant lie that Harvey Dent was the White Knight. Mm-hmm. Okay, I gotta take this off because it's absolutely making my eyes water now. Gotta <laughs> <That was tried. laughs> try. No, I, I really do think they made a good job of making Tom Hardy, Hi. who's not the tallest height-wise, look very imposing as Bane. And, I think they used a lot of tricks by putting different camera angles and having him stand up high, but I thought it was well done. Yeah. But like I said at the beginning of the show, his Bane is not anywhere near as iconic as Heath Ledger's Joker. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's like, I think even my brother said it too, we were talking like, Bane, like Joker had a lot of really solid lines, you know? Like, they were lines that were funny, they were lines that were just like really, like, got to you mentally... And then Bane felt like he was spouting out a lot of cliche kind of phrases, yes. and it just it didn't have the same kind of impact that any of the others had. I think that's also because I I've always even you know with comic books and, and uh, games and whatnot I've always pictured Bane as brute force not talking. Like I know he talks, but I never you know thought of oh, him as no. talking. Bane is hella smart though. I mean he literally oh, picks I, apart Batman in Nightfall. No, I I agree. I'm, but at the same time, like the way that the way that Nolan's movies are set up, I didn't think he would talk as much as he did. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I can see where you're coming from with that, and I yeah, I guess making him talk kind of did take away from it a little bit. But uh, I, I just kind yeah, of saw like, him as a dark and brooding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. I would agree with you. Uh, I'm not saying that I didn't like it. Like I said, it's um, it's very different than what I thought it was going to be. I did get choked up at the end with Alfred. Yeah, that was a moment. I was like, oh, okay. 
this is sad. This is really sad, guys. Oh, why you gotta cry, <laughs> Michael Caine? Why? <laughs> <laughs> this is horrible. This is horrible. I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry at a Batman movie. Who cries at a Batman movie? <laughs> Yeah, I cried when I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to be the Mr. Freeze. <laughs> With the nipple. That was all for it at that point. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you chill out? <laughs> yeah. It's just... now, is it just me or in this last movie when they broke all the pr- criminals out of Blackgate, was anyone going, man, I really wish the Joker could be involved at least in some small capacity here? I mean, I knew it wasn't going to happen because Heath Ledger had passed away, but I wonder what the plan would have been originally if Heath Ledger hadn't passed away, if there had been any mention of the Joker or even like a small cameo once I, the criminals are broken out. I honestly think that they wouldn't have gone to the prison. I think they would have gone to Arkham Asylum. Because like, they, the pr- they put the prison as its own thing. They didn't put it as Arkham Asylum. So I think Arkham Asylum would have made its debut and there would have been a Harley then too. Yeah, but you would assume that Scarecrow is in Arkham Asylum. Right. So that's how he would have gotten. That's what I was thinking on that. But I just think that this would have been a very interesting setting for the Joker from the Dark Knight to be in, even if it was just a small little cameo. I mean, and I know this is all just fanboy speculation because it was never going to happen. Right. Well, I mean, chaos reigns when the Joker comes. So, I mean, if... I think... Oh, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think that... um, that, yeah, obviously they weren't going to do anything with the Joker out of respect for Heath Ledger, but I think that just solely, I, I think not even referencing him in any way really takes away something from Batman, from his whole story. Just because, like, they, they make no reference to this, the dude who actually forced Batman into retirement. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Um, that well, they pin it all on Dent, basically, being the reason he retired, not the Joker's manipulation of Harvey Dent. Right, but it's still, it's something that, you know, it was such a, the Joker was the the major motivating factor for the end of The Dark Knight, so to not reference him, it really does take something away, I think. But obviously it wasn't, it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, and I understand why they did it, and it still worked, I just don't think it worked as well as it could have in that aspect. Mm -hmm. Well, when they had first cast Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and they hadn't said what he was cast for. I thought he was going to be cast as the Joker because if anybody can play Heath Ledger, it would be him. And I was actually, mm-hmm. like, I, I'm not saying that I was excited for it, but at the same time I kind of was because it's like, you know, I'd be interested to see what he brought to the table because you could always change the Joker's appearance facial-wise. Like, I mean, as long as he has the, the, the makeup on, it really doesn't matter. But, you know, I really didn't want them to take away from Heath Ledger's Joker. Mm-hmm. I did, you know. It was it was nice of them to, to keep the Joker out of it, but at the same time, he really did miss the connection Yeah. between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Well, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of reviews and stuff that I read said, you don't have to worry about seeing the Dark Knight before this movie as much as you need to make sure you rewatch Batman Begins. And after having seen it, I would agree. Oh, I completely agree. Completely. Mm-hmm. It was all Raj Ghul, like, knowing what happened with Raj Ghul and all that stuff and knowing that character. And, and honestly, yeah. I think you weren't on when we were mentioned when I mentioned it, Jeremy. I thought they did a good very good job of how they brought Liam Neeson back as Raj Ghul in here. No Lazarus Pit stuff, yeah. no flashbacks and hallucination. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I would I would agree that uh, I mean, there's no way there, there's 
limited ways of bringing him back in Nolan's grounded universe. So yeah, obviously a Lazarus Pit is not going to fly in that world. But yeah, no. the uh, the dream, you know, showing it, having him show up in the dream. I was almost like at first I was just like, wait a minute, why the hell is he back? If they're going to start throwing Lazarus Pit stuff in here, then it's like you're changing. But then obviously he faded out, and you're like, okay, he's he's it's in his head. But yeah, I thought that was. Uh, I thought they handled it well, but at the same time, it was almost like I don't think it was necessary, because all he really is is only in there for like a line, and then you know just a couple shots. So yeah. I thought I it was know. a good way to tie back to the very first movie. That's what I enjoyed mm-hmm. with it, because uh, they weren't tying much back to the second movie, so they tied back to the first movie, and I liked the way it was done. Oops! Shit. Sorry. Did you just drop your laptop again? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I advertise as Chris being drunk today, not me. <laughs> I'm not drunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that... <laughs> oh, okay. um, I, we had talked about this while you were uh, experiencing your technical difficulties. Um, that they were actually bringing back the Laz- they were actually going to bring the Lazarus yes. pit, and when they first mentioned the pit that Bane came from, I'm like, oh fuck no, <laughs> no Lazarus pit. No. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Like sidetrack off of that, like while we're talking about things that trigger something, like didn't at go- one point Gordon mentioned like didn't he reference yes. Killer Croc? Yes, he did. He said like something about looking for. Gators in the sewer? Yes. Wait, hang on. And that was What's actually... That? Blake said that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my brother, Dan's in the other... Dan's correcting me. Hi, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, he says hi. It's still a nice hi. reference, though. Hi. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and I was like, I was okay with it, because, like, that animated movie, Gotham Knight was supposed to bridge the gap between Begins and The Dark Knight, and Killer Croc was in that. But still, like, even, like, just the reference to it was just like, you know, if that's the if the, if you're actually referencing Killer Croc, it was it was a little weird. I don't think it was an actual reference. I think it was just like, eh, well, there's a nod to it. I mean, yeah, I yeah. think it was more of a nod. I, there's a lot of things I think he likes to lay in these movies as nods to the comic lore. Mm-hmm. And then some things he took straight out, like the breaking of the bat, because you have to. That was awesome. Yeah. And Adahe, who unfortunately is not with us today, was really excited for the breaking of the bat, so I was actually kind of wondering how he felt about this. Uh, we'll ask him next week, though. But <laughs> our, we've been talking about Bane a lot. What would you guys think about Anne Hathaway's Catwoman slash Selina Kyle? I'll let you go first, Jer. <laughs> okay. Um, I thought you... Uh, Chris, you said it right. The A lot of her dialogue, and st- that felt very Catwoman to me. Um, they handled a realistic Catwoman in a way that worked for the series with, you know, obviously the, the whole costume and everything, um, you know, and the ears. Um, it was, to me, it was like at the beginning when she's stealing the pearls from Bruce Wayne, it was like, it almost felt like there was a backstory between the two of them that we did not get to see. Because it was almost like, he wasn't like, what the hell are you doing here? Like, totally surprised. It was almost like he knew who she was as a jewel thief, you know, and something about it felt like there was subtext that we weren't privy to in advance. 
Did anyone, like, did either of you feel that way? I could see that. What I was thinking is that Bruce Wayne was thinking, man, this girl's really ballsy just to show up at my side of the house and not be leaving. <laughs> and then he got intrigued as he started mm-hmm. to catch the clues that something wasn't right. And, it was, and right. that was also, I thought, one of those really good moments you finally started to get in here where you can see that Bruce Wayne's smart and a detective at times. He's piecing together clues yeah. just from looking around real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, Go ahead, Naki. Uh, I was going to say, like, I actually... I, I felt the same way, but at the same time, like, this was the first time, well, not the first time, but, like, something with this with this movie that they did was actually show how the Catwoman and Batman relationship is, or the Selena and Bruce relationship is, and I, I think they did a really mm-hmm. good job of doing oh, that. Most definitely. Um, back and forth, and then, you know, all, all of that was just done so well, and I was super excited. And you didn't get that creepy sex thing like what they did in the Catwoman books with the reboot. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the, yeah, the back and forth between Batman and Catwoman was good. Um, I think it was captured really well in that fight in the sewers when she's leading him down to meet Bane. I mean, right. because that's just something I could see out of the comics, the way they would work, for lack of a better term, work together. And, oh, yeah, that, I, that I feel cool. like the. I just feel like the whole development of their relationship, or whatever you want to call it, was kind of just rushed. As was a lot of things in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it I was thought still the, three hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was still three hours, and it was just like, what just happened? Like everything is going by too fast. Um, and then like the whole, like the girl, like I don't even think they mentioned her name, but she's supposed to be Holly, like. I just thought that that was completely unnecessary. Like, she didn't serve any function other than to give the thumbprint to Selena Kyle. And to remind her that this is what she wanted. Yeah. And it was almost like they had, like, a weird, like, almost like a lesbian moment together. Yeah. At one point. I I thought that they were more than friends. I thought they were trying to hint at it. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just like, that to me, like... When she was like, like hugging her from behind or something like that, it was just like this is suddenly this took me that took me out of the movie. I was just like, what? Where did that come from? Well, I, I do love how Selena Kyle basically just played with Bruce Wayne and Batman the entire time. Just got mm-hmm. in his head, and I mean that's exactly what she does in the comics and even in the cartoons. Is she gets in his head? Oh, one one of the few people that can get yeah. in Batman's head. And I, I do have to admit, I loved how they I did the goggles so. because it didn't make it... They didn't try and be like, oh, she's trying to dress like a cat. It's just the way they set they look like cat ears. So I just thought that was cool how it was done to try and not make it blatant. Well, they never actually called yeah. her Catwoman. They never actually yeah, called her like, Catwoman that entire time. And they call her Cat Burglar once. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like just articles, like the clippings of the articles just are, you know, Cat Burglar or whatever. Yeah, and he has that one line of pretty brazen for a Cat Burglar who dresses a cat or something like that at the Masquerade Ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's it's. I I was actually I I thought it was actually really cool to do it that way. I don't know if it was actually a copyright thing because I don't know who owns the Catwoman name because of the whole Halle Berry nonsense. Oh, mm-hmm. it's um, no problem here because it's Warner Brothers who's doing this and they own all the rights to the DC stuff. So oh, okay. I just so think I wasn't it, sure but honestly, that. it's like who's a conscious decision not as to long do as it. she looks like Catwoman. Yeah, as long as she looks like him, I don't think it, like you know it's Catwoman. You don't need the name. Yeah, I mean, Cat the only reason Batman spoken. has named his superhero persona is to put fear into people. There's no reason for a thief to have named their persona, right. for lack of a better term. Agreed. Yeah. Completely. 
So while we're talking about Capcom, I like how... we can go into our rumble pit. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Say what you were going to say before I... Uh, it it doesn't matter. It was irrelevant. It was just a, an extra comment. We can move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So we are... Our rumble pit this week is one from the comics and not one from the movie, but that's okay because it's still Batman, so who cares? Uh, let's get ready to rumble! We are pitting the very catty Catwoman against... I See, I'm, not, I'm too tired to even think of something witty at this point. Um... Versus Harley Quinn, who is our crazy batshit Joker version, female version, I guess. Yeah. So, um, I didn't get much in the way of discussion on my end. What did you guys get from anybody ever? Before we One of my friends that I was talking to basically said that Harley would win because she's crazy and you can't predict her. And um, then... Yeah. I, uh, I didn't really have any discussions with anybody about it, but I, I myself kind of went back and forth for a little bit, trying to decide, like, which one. But uh, I ended up uh, landing on Harley as well. Because Harley is... Catwoman is very self-serving, and Harley is just insane and is, you know, is a blind follower and will do anything that's necessary for, you know, whatever her motivation is. Because she's nuts. Um, Michael Meneghini, I'm probably butchering his name, on Facebook says, Harley would win, for she is insane and has the Joker to back her up. Bottom line, you can't be crazy. They just be crazy, yo. <laughs> yeah, Batman beats Joker all the time. Of course, you could argue Batman's crazy. I was going to say, Batman, he, Batman's got his things going. Um, I mean, if you're, just, if you're just pitting Harley Quinn against Catwoman by themselves with no outside interference. I still think that Harley is crazy enough to just, you know, Catwoman may be dressed like a cat, but Harley Quinn will literally scratch her eyes out. I get more of a sense of that than I would from Catwoman. I, th I think it's hard to pit these two against each other because it's kind of like Joker against anybody, where they don't care if they die. They really don't. They just kind of want to, you know, see, watch the world burn, as, as it's so put. They just want chaos to reign, and so I could totally see Harley just, like, going to town on Catwoman, even though she shot, like, six times or whatever. Well, and someone's... I was reading some comments on here. Some people are saying that currently Harley Quinn in the comics has a super strength ability and enhanced agility, so she's a metahuman, is what is people are saying. Is that from uh, the Suicide Squad books? I don't know. I'm just reading some a couple of things that popped up when I just Googled it, and they're saying, this one says Harley has near metahuman strength, agility, and speed, and a healing factor. And they referenced a couple of comic panels that seem to reference that, and if that's the case... Well, are we going reboot? Because if we go reboot, because I, I think that's I think that's new Suicide Squad. Well, she's got the comic costume from before that. I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't ever remember her being a man. I don't ever remember that either. That's why I'm confused. I don't... I haven't seen... It's got to be from one of the other books because of the five that I actively read and collect, I haven't. I don't think I've seen Harley Quinn pop up once in the new. Yeah, DC I've universe. never seen anything about metahuman abilities, anything like that. 
Mm. So we'll just say yeah. no meta-human abilities, yeah. just Harley Quinn as we but know her. I would say that Catwoman is probably the more skilled fighter, and she's got more toys. <laughs> I mean, because especially if you play like, the Arkham City game, she's got all sorts of different gadgets and toys she can use in a fight. I a complete. I, I agree. Um, the insanity the thing, factor is hard to handle, though. The th- yeah, the thing is, is that Catwoman has a conscience, where as opposed to Harley does not. And you got if if you even look at just Mad Love, where you really see the side of Harley Quinn, you, she's fucking batshit. And yeah. <laughs> uh, just just the crazy factor. Like, her insanity out, outweighs most of Catwoman, especially since Catwoman has a compassionate side. Mm-hmm. Whereas Harley has no compassionate side whatsoever. She just kind of wants to kill everything and then make love to the Joker. Because everybody likes that. <laughs> and I think that even probably comes before wanting to kill everyone. She, yeah. <laughs> she's got a psychotic obsession. So, well, you could use that as a weakness then, too. Say the Joker says, no, you can't kill Catwoman. See, here's one of the things, though, is Catwoman can take Batman in a fight. Batman mops the floor with Harley. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to say, because it really just depends on the circumstances for them to be fighting. Catwoman and Batman regularly stalemate. But you also have the issue of... Batman has feelings for Catwoman as opposed to he does not have feelings for Harley. So he could hold back, technically. That we know of. That we know of. <laughs> Are we writing some crazy fanfic now? <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't Google it. My, Don't, my, Google my, it. My, Don't Google that shit either. Batman writing are done. <laughs> I don't know. I just wrote a Harley script, and now I'm writing a Catwoman script, so that's cool. <laughs> Harley's a lot of fun to write. Just throwing that out there. Oh, I can see that. If I have to vote... My vote in this Rumble Pit matchup would be for Catwoman, because I think she's the better fighter. I think it's close. Um, but I'm going. I'm putting my name on paper for Catwoman. I think I still have to go Harley. Uh, sorry, I think, Chris. I think Harley would. You know, in a it depends. You know, if it's a battle to the death, I think Harley's going. Harley's going to win. But I mean, if it's just a straight fight, like ten rounds, who who would win the most? Maybe then, yeah, you could give. Well, maybe I think we, would, uh, I think we pit in that instance. We pit the rumble pits is to the death, right? Yeah, they're they're locked in and they want to fight each other to the death is the stipulation. So yeah, I, I I think that uh, I still give it to Harley then if that's the case. Yeah, f- fair think, enough. I mean, I was it was a toss up for me. I literally just decided like two minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think. I think uh, I think Catwoman has the will to want to live and survive Harley, but I don't think she has the means to as much as Harley does because Harley has the insanity on her side. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm giving it to Harley in this case. Fair enough. So if you're watching, discuss with us if you're watching. You can discuss with us if you're watching this live. Um, I am on the Twitter page and the Facebook page and on the YouTube channel. So if you want to discuss things with us, feel free to message us. I am paying attention. I swear. I probably should have said that at the beginning, but I do this every <laughs> show, so I just kind of. Well, feel now like that it's, it's over, if you want to but talk now, about it some more. But you know that's cool. I I am on all three. If you guys ever want to contact us while we're doing the live show. I'll probably start saying that in the beginning from now on. 
getting good at this, right? <laughs> Guys, how's my hosting abilities? <laughs> Am I fired episodes. now? <laughs> I'm fired. Aww. Nobody's fired. It's all volunteer organization. You don't fire volunteers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alright, in case you missed it this morning, we are giving away a PlayStation 3 game of Lego Batman 2. Um, all you need to do is tweet at us the answer to this question. Which six actors appear in the three of the live-action Batman movies? And then we also, if you are in the Chicagoland area, we are giving away two tickets to the premiere of Holy Bouncing Boobies, a Batman burlesque. And for that, you need to tweet at us who are the original three to play Catwoman. Um, you can in tweet the 1960s. In the 1960s, sorry. Yes. Extensive. So who can Google search this the quickest? And get to, well, I guess it's a random draw, so. Uh, well, I was going to say we could do this Monday, but I think Wednesday would probably be better, so that way people have time to download and listen. That's fine. So we're gonna, we'll draw on Monday, or Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, <coughs> Wednesday is the, I don't even know what day Wednesday is. Day is Wednesday. Wednesday is the 25th. Wednesday will be the f- yes. Right? Okay. Calendar right behind me. Yeah. 25th. <laughs> so on July 25th, by 6 p.m., you need to answer us which actors, six actors appear in three of the live-action Batman movies for the PS3 game. And for the tickets, who are the original three to play Catwoman in the 1960s? For the tickets to Holy Bouncing Boobies. Um, I just like saying that name. Anyways. Uh, it's a great title. I, that's uh, that is good really, title. <laughs> I had a, it went through a few title changes. Actually, my original title for it, um, the original script I did wasn't strictly '60s Batman. It was kind of like a a '60s Batman with a lot of modern elements to it, and I wanted to call that the Dark Nude. But uh, <laughs> by the time we got around to the final, uh, the second draft of it and everything, we went through variations of holy bouncing boobies, holy bosom, something like that, I don't know, but yeah, we landed on holy bouncing boobies. I, I think holy bouncing boobies was a, was a good name choice there, because it amuses the crap yeah. out of me. Um, yeah. Well, maybe I'll do a sequel to it, and I'll, I'll, go, I'll go a much darker route, and then I'll do the dark nude, and there you go. We'll go from there. Because everybody wants to get dark and gritty with their burlesque, right? Hey, and yeah, that's, you can that's always do a third right. one, the dark nude yeah. rises. Well, yeah. that could be the male version. You could do uh, you could do the boylesque to the dark nude rises. <laughs> the dark nude rises. <laughs> oh, did did we want to do a rumble pit matchup for next week? Um, that's up to you, Mr. Rumble Pit King. I think we. Should I had a couple ideas for some, and I'll I'll just toss two of them out there randomly. We can pick from that. I was gonna say Captain Kirk from the reboot of Star Trek versus Captain Kirk from the original. Both of them in the initial five year mission. So Chris Pine versus William Shatner. And then the other one that I was thinking about would be uh, Terry McGinnis Batman from Batman Beyond versus Batman from Batman the Animated Series. Well, just throwing this out there. I think if you're going to do, I would say you should, uh, well, I guess it's it's two different elements. I was going to say if you're going to do a Terry McGinnis, then you're going to want to go with somebody else who... Uh, Took the bat besides Bruce Wayne, so Ooh, I would say you like should Dick do like versus Dick Grayson. That's exactly I like that, yeah. that one. Yeah. Okay, that's what we'll do. There you go. 
<laughs> so, with Dick I'm Grayson, just chiming and giving you notes on your show there. No, no, I like <laughs> that one. <laughs> All right, so next week's Rumble Pit is Terry McGinnis from Batman Beyond versus Dick Grayson when he was wearing the Batman cowl. So right before the new 52 reboot, right before he retook the Nightwing mantle. That'll be next week's Rumble Pit. There's a lot of fun gadgets to be had here. This will be fun. Um, next week, our guest host is Peter Norbot, uh, also known as Shytown Spidey on Twitter. Um, I should probably message him and let him know that he's uh, doing that next week. Maybe we should do something Spidey in the Rumble Pit then. <laughs> um, Garfield versus uh, <laughs> McGuire. It's like, Garfield. oh, who wants to watch that fight? <laughs> Women. Somebody who wants to watch an <laughs> ugly cry, because both of those guys got ugly cries down good. Ugly cry. <laughs> um, let's see, I want to start doing Question the Crew next week. Um, at least that, because I have two segments in the works. I don't know about if I'm going to have the vault ready next week. I got kind of a crazy week ahead. Um but at least question the crew where you guys send us the questions that you want answered. It doesn't matter what they are. Um, like I said, we announce our, our guest hosts ahead of time, so you can even ask them as well. And uh, ask us what we're playing, what we're doing, um, why we don't pay enough attention to you on Twitter, whatever you'd like. Because I'm mean. Because um, I only answer from my phone, unless I'm actually signed in like I am right now. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that'll be a new segment that we start next week. So hopefully you guys answer, because that would be cool. You know, we like talking to you guys, because we're cool kids. Um, so back to Batman. Let's talk Batman. Um, have Let's. We, um, I'm happy we blew Ben Roethlisberger up. What? They they filmed the whole uh, the football field scene was down at Heinz Field and they had a bunch of Steelers players on the sidelines as extras so Ben Roethlisberger got blown up it made Yay! me smile <laughs> rapist asshole <laughs> <laughs> sorry I I don't like the Steelers <laughs> neither do I it's okay I know Packer fan go Packers I don't uh, I don't like um, uh, football. So, fair that. enough. <laughs> uh, all during football season, Chris and I will hate each other. Mega low. That'll be entertaining to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Just Fuck wait for Packers. one of the uh, shows right before Packers and Bears play that Sunday afternoon. It'll be uh, deadly. <laughs> I will be wearing my Bears jersey and just being like, "Fuck you!" That's why. Okay, I'll wear my Packers jersey. I'll be wearing a hockey jersey. <laughs> yeah, <enough>. Blackhawks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you a Blackhawks fan? Yeah, I'm. I'm not really any sports fan, but I. Uh, I've been getting into the Blackhawks more just because my girlfriend is a big. Uh, she's a big Sox fan and a big Hawks fan, and I've always like. I've always liked the the Sox. I enjoy going to games, but I don't really watch them that often. But now I've been watching them because of her. So. The girl is the more sports fan of this relationship. It's it's a weird dynamic. That's okay. I am too in my room. I'm collecting comic books in the other room. There's nothing wrong with that. I never said I it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I, I like sports more than I like than or more than I like the boyfriend. That's a good way to say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that the internet too. 
Oh, shit, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> well, going back to Batman, <laughs> so we don't get anyone else in more trouble. <laughs> What's the subject of the show today? It's Batman. <laughs> Did anyone else like how they brought back the mention of the letter from Rachel Dawes that Gort, that not Gordon, that uh, Alfred had burnt at the end of The Dark Knight? I was so sad. <laughs> I was sad to see Alfred go. I will say that, yeah, that was... That I wasn't expecting Alfred to be gone for most of the movie. Um, Me neither. And truth be told, for some reason, I was like, okay, you know how like in The Dark Knight, Gordon's dead, supposedly for most of it, and then or for a good chunk of it, and then has that reappearance when he actually you know gets the Joker. I for some right. reason was expecting like, is Alfred gonna have some kind of badass heroic moment where he busts in <laughs> and something like that? No, he's just and gonna they make you cry. <laughs> Yeah, he just gets you sad, and his... Oh, the poor guy. But, like, they tried to do that with Catwoman, too. Like, give her a triumphant return, and it was just so weak, because it was just like, you knew she was going to come back. Like, right. there was nothing about it. Like, for some reason, I was watching, like, The Dark Knight, I was just like, oh, shit, is Gordon dead? Wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. But, like, then he came back, and you're like, oh, sweet. I think Not it was the more surprising they kept Alfred away for as long as they did. Because yeah. that's one of the things you expect as a comic fan is that Alfred will always back up Bruce Wayne whether he really agrees with his decisions or not and for him to disappear mm -hmm. for that long. And The thing that they really left unstated is did he leave Gotham before No Man's Land, for lack of a better term, or was he in Gotham during Bane's yeah, reign? that's a good point. That's one of the things I, I was asking my friend. I said, I think the assumption... Okay, you both started talking oh. at the same time and stopped at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Um, the whole No Man's Land thing, like, I liked it, like, how Gotham suddenly became isolated, but at the same time, it was just like, you mean to tell me that it's this, this one bridge is, like, really the determining factor? Something about that just, it was, it felt, I don't know, well, it was lacking. to be fair, something. they blew up a bunch of bridges, but <laughs> there's nothing stopping people right, from but it was swimming like, it was, over or anything like that. Right, there was just, like, the one bridge that was, like, still intact or something like that? Yeah, that's true. And I guess they want to leave it open to interpretation as to how Bruce Wayne gets back, but he was able to sneak back in, so you would assume it can't be too terribly hard to sneak into Gotham. That's something yeah. that, yeah. that, that uh, uh, kind of threw me through a loop when he came back and he had Gordon light up the, the Batman signal. Dude, when the fuck did he have time pitching, to huh? put that together? When did he put that together? Yeah. Like, did he, did he just like sit there and be like, "I'm yeah, gonna you put got these a, little flares here"? <laughs> you've got a time bomb going off that, for some reason, in the five months that they're waiting for it to go off, they wait until the very last day to really do anything about it. But he takes the time to set up the fire on the wall so that you can see the bat symbol. That was. It, it looked cool. The the, the symbolism. I kind of like the symbolism, even though it didn't make sense, because you have to give the people of Gotham hope that something is going to happen and. The bat is that symbol for a lot of them. So oh, no, I, I, put a I, I giant burning bat on the bridge, people know shit's going to go down, for lack of a better term. I completely agree, but at the same time, I was just like, dude, when did you have fucking time to do that? Like, yeah, you were, yeah. Oh, you I were, know. <laughs> you were in a pit. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's rare for me in a Nolan movie where I have to go, okay, suspension of disbelief in the Batman movies, but this time I was like, okay, <laughs> suspension of disbelief. It serves a purpose. Yeah. It's cool. It's a typical Batman thing where he has to have this big dramatic entrance or whatever because theatricality is one of his tools. I completely agree, but I was just like this this 
this is silly. This is really silly. <laughs> and I, I I had an issue with the time bomb. Um, because... I had a major issue with the time bomb. <laughs> that was the weakest part of the movie, was the whole time bomb. Uh, uh, like Jeremy Here's, said, yeah, it was so weak. The weakest weak. part of the movie was the reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it was just so weak. It was so, nobody did anything until the last day. Like what the fuck was that about? Like maybe Batman will come back. And they guys. rushed. They rushed through. They they covered like eighteen months in like ten minutes of time. It was just like suddenly it was like oh we got five months. Wait we got twenty three days. Wait it's going off in an hour. Like what? Well, like what happened throughout this whole time? What were you doing? Bruce Wayne was trying to climb I out. I mean of a like pit. yeah he's yeah but like oh god. I mean, I guess it was just like it was, and Dan said it too. It was like it was very convenient that like all the cops were trapped underground, so nobody could do anything about it. I but, mean that uh, yeah. that makes sense considering the 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 whole chaos ruining raining and all that stuff. That made sense to me, but I didn't understand why nobody else joined the ranks of the cops that were above ground, because I'd like to think that some people up there would be like, okay, we got to fix this shit. Um, yeah, <laughs> no noble cops in Gotham City that are uh, not buried underground. Well, and all these cops are buried underground for five months, never grew any facial hair either. Yeah, they did it. They they grew no facial hair. They had no. There's like, no guys coming, coming out with shaggy hair and beards. <laughs> when, when they were yeah. coming out of the when they were coming out of the pit, like they were all just fine. I'm like, are you fine? Yeah, we haven't You're seen sunlight in five months, <laughs> but we're good. We can fight. <laughs> we got this. We'll we'll totally take on this war. Like. Yeah, I'm not gonna go see my family or anything. It was also like, where did the strength in numbers come from? Like, there was something. It was just weird. Like, all of a sudden, Bane had this army, and like, then the cops. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I need to see it again to like really appreciate Part it. Part of but Bane's, Bane's original army was a bunch of League of Shadows rejects, basically, and then the remnants that were left. And then mm-hmm. I think they never explicitly say it, but I think he recruited from Blackgate. Right. I mean, he busted everyone out of Blackgate. But uh, I don't know. I mean, how many people did they say were locked up in Blackgate? It was over, over a thousand. A thousand. I yeah, it was over a thousand. But they also, I think he recruited the kids from the homes that were moving down into the sewer. They had mentioned that. Yeah. And that to me was just like, that was a little much. We're like, you're gonna like, you're gonna have kids like really help you in this battle? Like, come on, dude. And he's supposed to be a cop, like a noble cop that protects people. I don't know. That felt weird. Go to this block and go run around. I don't, I'm not going to follow you, but go tell people they need to get out of here, kids. <laughs> I think that was a little... I, I, I knew why he did it, but at the same time, I was just kind of like, that's a little weird. Like, eh. But yeah. I meant, like, for, for Bane, that's where part of his army came from, is the kids who uh, overaged out of the home, or aged out of the home. They went and lived oh. in the sewer, so I think that's where he got a lot of his army, too. They lived and they worked down there. Some of it, I think, they tried to hint were doing a lot of the uh, concrete work and things down there and helping right. to expand mm-hmm. out the network of caves, for lack of a better term. Um, I want to see the blueprints, just throwing it out there, because I want to know how uh, he knew where the exactly where the arsenal was, number one. Number two... Yeah. <laughs> well, when you look at the fact that Talia was basically on the board... That's true. But, <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. she wasn't on the board until last minute. No, she was on the board. She just wasn't the chairman of the board. Oh, okay. I thought they hinted the fact she'd been throwing money at it for years as a part of that, and then, in order to save the company, Bruce empowered her basically to become the chairman. He and Lucius. 
I was under the impression she wasn't even part of the board. She just, whoops, there she is. Ta-da! Because the one guy, the the evil board member, for lack of a better term, expressed displeasure that she basically leapfrogged him to become the leader of the Wayne Enterprises board. I was amused that his name was Daggett. I mean, I'm sure that's what his name actually is, but... um, Yeah, that's straight out of the comics, I think. See, there's a, a, a former TV show called Angry Beavers, and uh, whenever I see the name Daggett, that's one of the Beavers' names, and I just automatically thought Beaver in my head. Wasn't that the robot dog in the original Battlestar, too? Was it? Wasn't I don't, it a Daggett? I, the 1970s yeah. Battlestar? Because I never watched that. I've only seen I the reboot. I haven't seen much of it, but that's neither here nor there. What did you guys think of the Bat? Um, the new Batmobile, for lack of a better term. Um, I was more interested in the in the Tumblr bike. Yeah, yeah like the, the Tumblr had some... Oh, it looks like we lost her. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the Bat Pod was like, uh, had some badass, like, you got to see those those tires, like, flip in the opposite Oh, uh, I love direction. it, because they only did it a couple times in Dark Knight, and then yeah. all these cool Bat Pod tricks in Dark Knight Rises were just fun to see. Yeah, like, all this side skidding and whatnot. But as for like as far as the bat itself, like I don't know. I didn't like the way it looked, but cuz to me it just looked like it just it almost looked like a tumbler that like opened up a little bit and then I, I thought that too. I thought it was a cool vehicle, but I just didn't see it. I wish Batman had the tumbler still. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the bat was like All right, I mean, I guess you need a new vehicle, but you know, whatever. He does get the nice toys. He is Batman. Yeah. And it was like, I, I don't know, it, it was almost like, and they even kind of showed it in the scene where it was just like, Morgan Freeman, or, you know, Lucius is just like, well, let me show it to you anyway. Like, here's something. It's just like, it wasn't like a very cool reveal or anything like that. Like, the, the Batpod had yeah, a cool true. moment when it busts out of the, the broken tumbler, but this was just like, here it is. And it was like, okay. I'll fly it. I thought the use of the bat was another cool way to kind of draw Bruce back into being Batman and to give him some sort of task where he's like, well, I need you to fix this, mm-hmm. basically, because the autopilot doesn't work. It's your job to fix it. Maybe right. you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. The Googles, they hate me. Stupid Googles. It's true. They're going to hear you, and they're going to kick me off next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, that would be sucky because we're recording off of yours. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Alright. So what I missed, besides other than I love the Tumblr bike. We were just talking about the bat. The the flying Tumblr, basically, is what we equated it to. Yeah, it's about right. Yeah, um, yeah. I was saying I was saying that the, uh, the bat pod itself was a little bit more badass this time, just because you got to see some cool, like, maneuvering with it, like, with the kind of side skidding and the tires rolling sideways as opposed to, you know, regular circle. How did nobody ever notice this flying Batman vehicle parked under a roof under camouflage netting for six months, though? Right? Yeah. You're going to see someone go to the roof of the building at some point. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, and it's not even good camouflage netting. It didn't blend anything at all. Yeah, it was, it was, like, yeah, it was camouflage netting, but, like, on a building, so it should just be great. This is, like, army print. <laughs> like someone's gonna be like, "Well, oh, look at that! There's like a, a little forest on the top of that building there." 
It's a good thing we have that forest there, guys. It's a good yeah, I mean, thing. originally yeah. I was just assuming it would be in the Batcave, and Bruce would have to go back to the Batcave before the final battle. He didn't, mm-hmm. but it was cool. He went back to the cave he had in Dark Knight. That was a nice touch, I thought. Yeah. Which I thought that cave was destroyed in Dark Knight. I don't know. No, they just destroyed I know a he, bunch of stuff in it at one point. Yeah, I know he. Yeah, they incinerated all the stuff. evidence. Yeah. Yeah, when he gave up being Batman for like an act. Yeah. <laughs> Half He's of good an at act. giving. He gives up <laughs> being Batman quite a bit. <laughs> Like, oh, fuck this, guys. I, I think the Bruce Wayne of these movies is a bit more emotionally fragile than the uh, comic book version. Agreed. Because mm-hmm. I don't see the death of a woman in the comic version making him stop being Batman, whereas in the movie he's he was like, playboy. oh my god, Rachel's dead. Well, he's a playboy in an act, though. I mean... But they always say... The other thing, too, like, in the eight years that she's been dead, like... I don't know. It seemed to me like maybe you could have let it go by the end of those eight years, you know? But you got to look at this way. This it's not is like they had a very... His death go. He does not handle accepting yeah, a boss yeah, spell at all. <laughs> People die all around him, and it bugs him. <laughs> I think they... Um, I, like, I think it was kind of weird that after eight years... Bruce Wayne comes back on the scene, and then, like, not even a week later, Batman does. Like, I was surprised that nobody put two and two together. Well, his Bruce Wayne and Batman identity is really not that strongly kept secret when compared to the comics. I mean, you got to think, yeah. by the end of the movie, everyone knew he was Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, and here's, here's another big issue, and, and this is another one that Dan said really well. It's like, you mean to tell me that throughout this entire time, Gordon has never been able to figure out that Bruce Wayne is Batman... But John Blake, this, like, rookie yes. is able to deduce it so quickly. He's just like, by the way, I know you're Batman. Oh, yeah, well, let me tell you my secrets then. Yeah. And then Jim Gordon... Oh, you know, I should tell everything. <laughs> and, I, and also, too, like, Bruce Wayne says, you know, it could be as simple as putting your coat around a child and letting him know that the world isn't dead or whatever it was. But it's just like, okay, that happened when Bruce Wayne was, like, 8 to 10, so in the 30 years that's happened, some reason Gordon still remembers that moment and was mm-hmm. able to like flash it right in his mind. Like, oh, wait a minute. I remember putting a coat on a kid 30 years ago, and that must have been you. See, I've, always I've probably never done that any other time, ever. Yeah. I've always yeah. thought that Gordon knew in the movies, even in the comics, yeah. too. I think he knows and just never admits mm-hmm. it. But I thought that Gordon knew, at least in Dark Knight or... Even yeah, at the end of Batman Begins, he'd made the connection and just made the conscious decision, like in the comics, to not admit that he knows. Very, very specifically in The Dark Knight, he he kind of has that moment where he like when Bruce Wayne stops the uh, car from kill, you know stops Coleman Reese from dying, and he kind of just has that moment where he, there's just a moment where you get a sense that Gordon kind of knows but doesn't, and and this one right. it was just like he didn't have any sense of it, and then all of a sudden he's like. Oh, Bruce? That is just weird. Yeah, I mean, I, it, I had the illusion, I guess, that he's known for a long time, and I guess Christopher Nolan saw it differently, and it, it's, it's his movie. He can do it how he wants. It just mm-hmm. didn't make as much sense to me that Gordon, who's arguably the best cop in Gotham, wouldn't have figured mm-hmm. it out. I, and, I had this and, and like you said, the fact that Blake knows 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> the John Blake. Yeah, like, come on. Without no Jack shit. And Blake, like, oh, figured, Blake figured it out when he, he was a child, too, when he was still in that home. He's like, oh, I recognize that fake smile you had, so you must be Batman. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly how I felt. Like, wait, 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 what? You knew? Uh, you should have just been like, no, I was high. <laughs> There's and in like in Batman Year One, it's like a badass moment where like Gordon's like, hey, you know, like without my glasses on, I can't see anything. So it's just like, it's like, okay, I get it, I know, but like, get out of here, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, and this one was, I don't know, it lacked that kind of, that kind of, I don't know. There was like yeah, a I disconnect didn't, too. I didn't think that part was executed well. I mean, I like the fact that they acknowledged that. It would have been better to me if he just acknowledged the fact he knew he was Bruce Wayne at the end. Yeah. And even if he was just flying yeah. off, he was just uh, like, thank you, Bruce, or something like that. And he's like, oh, you knew? Or like, I always thought you knew, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and here's here's, a, here's another thing that bugged me, too. was like, when Gordon's in the hospital and he has that conversation with Bruce with the mask on, like, Bruce is just, like, there with, like, a regular suit on, and he's just got, like, this skull cap on over him. Like, yeah. Uh, like, that... That just made me you, laugh. That's not enough evidence for you? You can't put that together? Like, I'm sure that Bruce is even in, like, a $90,000 suit. So it's not like he's in, like, a little $5 yeah. suit that you can get at the thrift store. But like, It was a nice callback to Batman Begins, though. It was. Yeah. It was. But it, it made me laugh. Like, it shouldn't have made me laugh as much as it, do, as it did. Because I'm just like, you look really yeah. silly. <laughs> well, he didn't even really try and disguise his voice nearly as much as he does when he's in the bat suit when he's wearing that skull cap. Well, I think that was because I, I think that was a nod to the fans who were just like, we can't understand what the fuck you're saying. <laughs> Again, and I thought like, I thought that that was like that moment there was just like, okay, I kind of like figured Gordon knows even at the beginning of the Dark Knight Rises when they yeah. had that moment. I was like, okay, Gordon knows who Bruce Wayne is, and he knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. But then at the end, to have him be like Bruce, like, oh, you're that, just now putting those pieces together. I think that kind of ruined my illusion of Gordon a little bit. Like, it yeah. Was like, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think it would have been much cooler from my standpoint if, as he was leaving, he said something like, thank you, Bruce, or something like that, like, just to let him know he'd always known but hadn't told. Because any time mm-hmm. over eight years, technically he could have turned him in even though he knows he's innocent, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I thought the, the, the Batman death was necessary but not executed well. Does that make sense? Like, um, I, I kind of, I, you knew it was gonna come because what else are you gonna do with a nuclear bomb? But right. I think so I got one answer for you. What was gonna happen? Superman. As he flew off with the bat with the bomb attached to it, I was like, oh, okay. If they really wanted to fuck with us right now, here's where Superman comes and is like, hey, Batman, let me take care of this for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't help but get that image in my head. I was like, I know this is not going to happen, but what if it did? How pissed would I get? <laughs> I don't know if I would get pissed so much as, oh, this might actually make things work for a Justice League movie, but at the same time, I don't know if I want Nolan's Batman in the Justice League You can't have Nolan's Batman movie. in the Justice League. I think my thing was like, if you're going to, okay, Batman's flying off at the bomb. Um, he gets out of range of the city, which also, like, that bomb said it had like a six-mile radius. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if he was six miles out into the ocean by the time it blew up. So it had a I'd minute and thirty be, seconds left. Yeah, I still think <laughs> there'd be residual force that would do some damage Dude, at to Gotham. At what point did he punch out too? I mean, right. Yeah, that's Good. the thing. I was just like, okay, if he's gonna fly off and he 
he presumably is dead. I thought to have him actually be alive at the end was almost like he should have died. I think Bruce Wayne probably should have died. Well, let me he play devil's advocate here, though. Was that just wishful thinking on Alfred's part that he saw him there? I don't think it was, but you might be able to argue that that was just Alfred going and that's his wishful thinking that he sees Bruce there at the end. Because they never yeah. explicitly say that Bruce is alive. They just show you him. And you don't know the thing, he's, he's there with Selena. That's true. And Selena wasn't dead. So it's just that's like true. the two of them were there together. They went off together and I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. I, I thought I, I thought it was kind of cheap to not have Batman die. If you I mean if you know, if Batman may be dead but and you have Bruce Wayne dead as well, but yeah, like and But at the same time I'm kinda happy. I'm kind of happy Roz, to see Bruce Wayne get some happiness. Yeah, no, that's cool. Like, but well, you. I don't know. Okay, I, and this is me just being cynical and a horrible person, but Bruce Wayne doesn't get a happy ending. Like, I, I'm sorry, he's supposed to die, and like in my head, like I thought he was going to die, and if they were going to ever do anything, like I know Nolan wouldn't ever do it, but they could actually do the whole thing where Dick Grayson became Batman, and you saw Bruce trying to fight out of the, you know, the, the out of the death pit or whatever the fuck it was called. Um, mm-hmm. But they had a whole series on that, you know, and, you know, they'd replace uh, the new Robin as or Robin as a, the um, as Batman, or he can even just go as Nightwing, whatever, be a mm-hmm. whole new superhero, and kill off Bruce Wayne, and you could still have your franchise. You could still have everything about it. And I didn't want Bruce to have a happy ending. As horrible as that sounds, I think he should I thought he should have just stay dead. I think it, it would have had more impact, I think, if he did stay dead. And then it's just, like, it's just one of those little tiny moments to please the audience. Like, half the audience is like, okay, yeah, he went down strong, and that's good. And then the half the audience is like, oh, he's dead, but I want him to be back. So they just, like, had that little moment at the end. I'll be honest, the fact that when they killed Batman, I said, okay, there might be a way out of this. But at the same time, I was like, damn, he actually did it at first. I was like, I didn't think anyone would have the balls to actually kill Batman. Mm-hmm. I thought it, The it fact he came back, that was did. fine, but for lack of a better term, Batman was still dead in my mind, because I don't care who replaces him, Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yeah. Um, because I never see Batman as a symbol. I think that Batman is an extension of Bruce Wayne's psyche. Or Carlin. Batman really is Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Carlin on Twitter has said that she likes the wishful thinking theory. It's a way better ending than if, if that was the case. And I, I, that's fine. I'm totally down for wishful thinking. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's so. It, we don't. I don't think it is. I was just. I really don't think that's what it was. I was just trying to play devil's advocate in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, something that bothered me with the nuclear bomb, he just kind of banged it around the city. When he was pulling it out, <laughs> yeah, if that thing is so explode? fragile that it's gonna it's gonna detonate itself, and you're just like it's swinging around on the bed. It's it's yeah, hitting the streets, little... it's hitting the buildings. I was like, that that that's gonna explode, and you're just gonna drag that. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, that that bothered me. He's like, ah, fuck. All right, I fucked up. Yeah, uh, one of my minor nitpicks in this one, I didn't really like the way Bane went out. No. He just gets shot in the face. Yeah. I was like, ah. It yeah. wasn't even in and the face. Like it was I said, a it chest. 
he just got shot, and then he's gone, and it wasn't even a badass return for Catwoman. Like, if that had been Alfred on the Batpod, <laughs> and he had returned and shot Bane, I'd be like, right on, man, okay. Where's Catwoman now? Let's get her in here. I was honestly expecting Bane to show up again at the end. Like, when yeah. they wrangled down the truck finally. I was like, okay, here's where Bane might come back and play. He's going to have the crap kicked out of him, but... I thought he would just take out Gordon, take out Catwoman, just fucking go to town, you know, have another 25 minutes to this already kind of long movie. But, like, no. There was just no Bane then, and I was just like, what the fuck? This is this is the saddest ending for Bane. Just like, boom. Chest shot. But I was happy to tell my one friend he hates Damian Wayne in the comics. And right after she died, I was like, well, looks like you don't have to worry about Damien in the Nolan movies. <laughs> <laughs> I got no problem with Damien. I kind of like Damien. He's growing on me, but yeah, I don't know. I dig him. Eh. <laughs> I'm neutral. He's got the best Robin <laughs> costume right now because he's got a hoodie, basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, like, Damien Wayne is, like, at this point in the comics, Damien has killed somebody, too. So it was yeah. like... Damien's kind of got, uh, I, I don't know, his, his origin is, is uh, a little bit more impactful. But uh, yeah. I honestly thought they were going to bring a Jason, Jason Todd into it somehow. But there was there was one point where I felt like they almost referenced a dead Robin, and it was like I I can't remember the context because I was trying to recall this when I was talking to Dan about it too. But uh, there was just one moment where he was just like. I don't. I don't even want to say because I know I'm gonna fuck it up and it's gonna sound inaccurate. Well, I know that anyway. they. Uh, <laughs> <I get> that. <laughs> Good, cool story, bro. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that like uh, they, with the whole Catwoman, where he tells her, you know, no guns, no killing, and she's just like, well, this is bullshit. Um, yeah. I think that and how he makes a point eye. to knock the guns out of her hand in the middle of a fight when she's about to use them. Right. That was a nice touch. Right. I mean, yeah. that, that's one of the central core things in the comics, at least, is Batman doesn't use guns except for in Final Crisis, which really pissed me off. But that's neither here nor there. Or but he can, he, breaks. He, he can shoot at the 1989 Joker from the Batwing. With no yeah. problem, he can set a guy on fire in Gotham Square and Batman Returns. It's, I think, some Batman's a little, uh, a little more, more lenient on the killing rule. Yes. <laughs> but the Nolan Batman has pretty much stayed to, true to it. Like, well, he, he kind of towed the line with Ra's al Ghul. He's like, I don't have to kill you, but I don't have to save you. And I was like, eh, Batman yeah, doesn't really just leave people to die, but I can accept you doing it because it's badass. <laughs> I was okay with that, but then at the same time, it does lead a lot of, like, it leads to a lot of uh, potential deaths at the hand of Batman just because he can always use that line against exactly. people. Like, you snap yeah. somebody's neck and they're not quite dead. I don't have to save you. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a total it was a badass line for that part of the movie, though. I mean, I was like, oh, yeah. bitching. <laughs> he totally I think killed the, off Joker then, too. In the, yeah, that's the biggest problem with The Dark Knight Rises is that it, all of the moments that were supposed to be, like, badass moments all fell flat. Like, Dark Knight is loaded with it. Batman Begins is loaded with moments where you're like, fuck yeah, and this one was just like, okay, I'm here. I mean, minus... Go ahead. Okay, I was going to say, uh, minus the ending, 
I think they could have made Dark Knight Rises into the second movie and put Dark Knight as the ender and then put the two, like... Because it would be the explosive ending that I would more expect from mm-hmm. the ending. That rather, And, you know, Joker is a fantastic villain to go out on. I think they could yeah. have switched these two around. Not that, you know, I mean, you know, Heath Ledger and all that, but... I think that could have been a... a I don't mind the order of the movies. I think they work for me. It's kind of like uh, the Indiana Jones kind of thing, where, like, Temple of Doom is so much different than the other two. Right. That, you know, it just kind of stands alone as as its own thing. Yeah, the Dark Knight's just such a hard act to follow. I mean, I don't think... That was the peak of the Batman movies. I don't know how you get better than that one, because I love that movie. I can anytime that movie's on, I'm screwed because I don't get anything done. <laughs> I just zone in. Um, so we're coming up on the ten minute left mark. So shall we do final thoughts and then we can go into what we're into for this week and talk about next week a little bit? Sure. So let's start with you, Jer. What are you um, this final week? thoughts? Or final thoughts? Oh, what's yeah, final thoughts yeah, first. The final thoughts. Um, I think, uh, it, you know, it just suffers the same problem that a lot of trilogies have, which is just that, like, it's really hard to complete a full trilogy and make the last episode be really uh, better than the second one. I don't think I've seen a trilogy. You know, I mean, it happened with, obviously, Spider-Man. It happened with Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, oh, but that can, has four now. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't even count the fourth one. I haven't even seen the fourth but, one. But, uh... I know it exists. You don't need to. It's not. A, it's not <laughs> necessary. I, I uh, would, but yeah, I like, would argue that the best of the Star Wars prequels is Episode Three, though. Oh yeah, I mean that's but that's a different. <laughs> I'm trying to find the exception to your rule here. There's a silver the lining there do. somewhere. But yeah, they're all think, shitty, but it's the least shitty. <laughs> I think. Um, I think you know what I'm going to be. You know, just a side note there. I I am one who is actually not that against the Star Wars. Pre- prequels, but that is for an entirely different episode. All I will say on but, that yeah, is if they I think, were fun, I would really enjoy the Star Wars prequels instead of politics and space. <laughs> yeah, that's a little it's a little hard for especially because it's geared towards children. Like children don't know anything about trade routes. I didn't know anything about trade routes when I was like twelve or whenever that came out. No, I didn't know yeah, anything exactly. about it either. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize yeah. for derailing there though. Yeah. No, I just say um, it was a good movie to me it was I'll say the two quotes my quote is that it's a much bigger movie but lacks a lot of substance to support it and then my brother said it best which was um, just because it it's implies that it's bigger and better does not mean that it's bigger and better and I think that's what a lot of people are probably uh, stuck on right now is that I think a lot of people think it's better than it is solely because it's the final one. But I think right. as, as time goes on, I think it'll resonate a little bit differently with people. So my, I would say like a 7.5 out of 10, to be honest with you. Maybe an 8. Yeah, but. I don't think it was as focused as the uh, first two movies, but those first two movies each take place over, well, Dark Knight takes place over like a time span of what, like a week maybe? Yeah. I mean, if Batman Begins takes place in a flashback, and then the current time frame stuff's not a long time either, I don't think. So no, you that's had to tell, short, like, yeah. And, and Dark Knight Rises they had to tell like at least six months worth of story, plus give some backstory in eight years. So yeah, it, it definitely lacks the focus the first two had. Very much so, I would agree. 
Okay, so Chris, you want to go into your final thoughts? Then? Okay, I will honestly say that I enjoyed this movie a great deal, but I think it is the weakest of the three out of the Dark Knight trilogy. Dark Knight, I think, is almost perfection, and Batman Begins did a great job of telling an origin story and not making me be bored. But that being said, I had a lot of fun with Dark Knight Rises. I really enjoyed the fact that Catwoman was like the Catwoman from the comics. That was a big thing for me. I was like, please don't screw up Catwoman. Because I, while I enjoyed the Catwoman from the Burton movies, that really wasn't Catwoman from the comics to me. I really enjoyed this movie. I was leaning about an 8.5 or an 8 on it, if I had to rate it out of 10. And I still... I think I had more fun with the Avengers, but I think The Dark Knight Rises is a better movie, if that makes sense. Yes. I understand mm -hmm. what you mean. And it also made me laugh, because I was at the theater on Thursday at 12.01 a.m., and they were also still showing The Avengers that night. And I was like, holy crap, this movie's been out for like two months. Yeah. <laughs> and you're still showing it three times a day. <laughs> um, my final thought is that it's... I enjoyed it on entertainment, on entertainment purposes. Um, I felt that it was an ending. Not necessarily good, but it was an ending. <laughs> it, it was the ending that we needed, but not the one that we deserved. Exactly. <laughs> At least it wasn't space magic. Exactly. Yeah. There was no space magic. <laughs> there was no... Um, I, I was disappointed with the lack of The Rock being in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the reboot. The Rock will be Batman. Oh, okay. How did you or Bane. feel about I the see... pieces, though? Um, you know what? <laughs> okay, so I actually did notice the cod pieces because I had to because after we had talked about it. Um, in the fight sequence with Bane and Batman on the steps at the end, the cod piece is really prominent, and I don't know why. <laughs> Man, go look at the I, Superman costume for the new movie. <laughs> It's freaking super cod piece. <laughs> yeah. Side note, dude, I liked how they continued to evolve the Batman costume throughout these movies because there were even further tweaks on this one and the third one. Like he had yeah. the, the like the neck collar or whatever added to it, so you couldn't damage his neck as easily. It's just stupid minor things, but it's fun to see. And I apologize for interrupting. No, I I, I, I agree with that. Um, I did enjoy this movie quite a bit. Um, I'm really sad for how they killed off Bane, and they really shouldn't have done it that way. Um, the ending was kind of. It, it was weak sauce to me. It really, um, because of the lack of focus, which we had just talked about, I think it was kind of, it felt rushed for a long movie, which doesn't, which mm -hmm. makes me feel kind of weird. Because yeah. it's, it's long in places that it doesn't need to be long and short in places where it needs to be long. And right. I, like I said, I enjoyed it. I, I will, that's what she said, that's what she said. <laughs> um, no, she really did say it. <laughs> Um, I think that it'll. I, I I think it was good. I liked it for entertainment value. Um, I didn't find the twist ending to be very twisty, but that's just because you know, fan of the comic books, fan of the yeah, a comic game. fan would have known it. Like yeah. I know when my dad goes and sees it, he doesn't read the comics, so he's like, oh, holy crap. Yeah, my parents just saw it last night. They're not comic book readers, and they were they were just like, that is an amazing twist. I'm like. For those, I'm like, well, it's not, but okay. It, for the why? Why is there noise coming from? I'm sorry, there's noise coming from my computer. There we go. Um, but yeah, it was it it was good. It the the weak parts I hope could actually be 
I, I think a lot was cut out, be, especially because of what you had said in the beginning, Jer, with the uh, Catwoman Batman relationship. Like, they already knew each other before. And uh, mm-hmm. I think we missed a lot of that. So, that is my. I think, I, I think the, the biggest. The thing that suffered the most from this movie is that you kind of have to go bigger than the last one. Like, whatever preceded it, you kind of have to go bigger. And I think that that actually worked as a hindrance to this movie. I. I think that they, in this, for this conclusion, I think less would have been more. And if it was, like you said, much more focused and didn't have so much going on and so much to cover, that it probably would have been a much more impactful movie. It wasn't like a Spider-Man 3 or anything, like where they had just yeah, I mean, going on. Yeah. It didn't go off the rails like Spider-Man 3 did. Venom! Out of nowhere. Yeah, I I will say though that if I hadn't been so disappointed by the Mass Effect three ending, I probably would have been a little more disappointed with this. At this point, I just come into things expecting to be disappointed by the end. (laughs) Yeah, and I went in with totally neutral expectations. I was just like, it's very difficult to top the Dark Knight. Um, Although I think personally, I think Batman Begins is still my favorite for some reason. I don't know why. It's a fantastic um, origin story. Yeah, I mean it's. I agree. Yeah, it's I. There's, I don't know what it is. I have to really figure it out. But there's there's something about Batman Begins that just hits a lot harder for me than Dark Knight. And Dark Knight was great. I loved it. But I think that Batman Begins is like my Batman movie. Uh, I think Dark Knight is mine. It, it not only just because of how fantastic it is. It holds a nostalgic thing for me because it's the very first time I built a costume for someone other than myself. I built a nerd's Joker costume for my boyfriend at the time, and. Uh, <laughs> It was the very first time that I had ever built a costume based off of a movie and not a comic book. So it's one of those, like, yeah. I have a nostalgic tie to it along with it's just fucking an amazing movie. Um, yeah. I don't know if I could say the same for... I don't know if Dark Knight Rises will be one that I can just turn on... Uh, that I can turn on and get so zoned into it that I can't work on what I'm doing, with, like what I do well, now with Dark Knight. at three hours, it's, it's a little bit of a challenge. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> when they show that one on TV with commercial breaks, it's going to be like a four and a half hour long movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering how long the Blu-rays will be if there's a lot of deleted scenes. <laughs> well, we've never really gotten a bunch of deleted scenes, though, with the other two Batman movies, so I don't know. I don't think there were, I mean, there was none for Dark Knight that I can yeah. remember, and I don't remember anything for Batman Begins you got to think the last, like, 45 minutes of this movie was filmed in IMAX cameras, and that's not very uh, cheap, so I imagine whenever they film, they probably put in. Well, no one seems to me like. What does Inception yeah. have? Sorry. I don't know. Because like I, the only thought that I have is that like there could be more backstory that he just didn't add in with the whole Catwoman, Batman thing. I think there could be more fight sequence, you know, with the whole breaking of the bat type thing. I don't think that it it, it was intentional, like on his part. I think that he, you know, studio might have said, "Hey, your movie's like three and a half hours long. Did you really need to cut this down?" <laughs> No, I think they gave him carte blanche to do whatever he wants, in all honesty. To me, I think Nolan is one of those directors that's just like, anything that gets cut out, like, that's not part of the movie anyway, so yeah. why show it? And, you that, know, that's what I think, too, based on interviews and just the general impression you get from how he speaks on his movies. Mm-hmm. There's no fat to be cut off in his mind, because it's already been trimmed. Agreed. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's uh, wrap this up. Let's do what we're into this week and uh, ending promotions. So our guest host, Jeremy, go ahead. 
what I'm into this week. Um, I've been uh, the guy between last week and this week. So much has happened. I've got to look here. Like we we had a we we're working on the draft of the script that we have for I Hate Theater. Which, by the way, Kickstarter. Uh, you have till July 31st to pledge. Uh, even if you pledge a dollar, which is the minimum you can pledge on Kickstarter, you're going to be uh, your name's going to be in the movie. You're going to be credited during the end. Um, and then we're also giving away, you know, more personal rewards. You can follow us on Twitter at All Things Eek or me, me at Jeremy Eden. Uh, but yeah, like since last week, we have scrapped the entire draft. What's that? You're giving away drunk phone calls. Anyway, but yeah, since. <laughs> yes, we are. We're, uh, we're I if, if, for like the next, <laughs> yeah, for the next next five people to donate, um, we will get drunk and call you and thank you in a drunken stupor. We can't promise what time we'll call or you know, maybe three thirty in the morning. But, <laughs> um, but it's funny because since last week we we had the draft that we we basically scrapped the draft that we had and started fresh because it, we had issues with it, and then. In addition to that, um, I've been working with uh, the director on Holy Bouncing Boobies a little bit more and seeing that. And then I just got cast as Jeff Goldblum in a uh, uh, in an upcoming play for Gorilla Tango. So uh, all part of my goal to become Jeff Goldblum. Please tell me it's um, not the fly. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, it's called uh, it's called Once Upon a Rom Com, and it's a uh, it's a story about how. Um, Nobody wants to date Bill Pullman because he's too nice of a guy. And then I play <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, his fairy godfather, who comes in and gives him advice. And it's, it's a silly script. Awesome. It's, it's fun. I get, to, uh, I get to bust out my Goldblum impression. So, yeah, I mean, um, that's what's been going on for me. Like, Kickstarter, um, wrapping that up. They were going to be doing some more pre-production on the movie. I'll be rehearsing for uh, this play. And then the Batman burlesque, and uh, from there, who the hell knows what'll be going on after that? So you're not doing anything these days, gotcha? No, 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 totally free. Got uh, <laughs> nothing but free time. But that's for me, yeah. Uh, Chris, go ahead. I am still working on getting caught up on all my back issues of The Walking Dead because I want to eventually get caught up to issue 100, and I've got another. 54 issues to go, I think, so I'm not even close. So next and week, we'll see. Yeah, next week, maybe. <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, I was working a lot of extra hours this week to get caught up for some other things I had to do, so really it's mostly just been Batman and reading some comic books, and I'm trying to... And I'm addicted to looking at different comic projects on Kickstarter now, and I haven't funded a lot, but I've pushed towards a few, and there's some really fun little looking comic projects on there, and I'll probably write something up about it on my blog at some point when I actually learn to write again. Writing. <laughs> overrated. I don't know. That's really about it for me. It's pretty um, quiet. Okay. I'm going to see Dark Knight Rises and IMAX next weekend. Yay. Um, see, this week we did... Last night we had an impromptu game night. We played Sentinels of the Multiverse with the Rook City... Uh, Expansion pack, which I highly recommend. That game's one of my favorites to begin with because it's a team play tabletop where you all are superheroes trying to defeat a villain. Um, we played against the matriarch last night and died. And um, <laughs> it was it was actually a really fun game, uh, fun for the uh, last second thing. Um, other than that, I have been working on OneNerdyCupcake.com. 
um, with uh, Triple T Batista, because there's more than one Batista, so we call him Triple T. Um, he is my current web designer and getting on my case about adding more content to it. Sorry, my bad. Um, which I'm currently going through all the photography, all of the art, um, and stuff like that. I am building... Uh, I'm making pretty hair flowers, which will be up for sale for ladies or, you know, men who are into that sort of thing. Um, those will be up for sale soon. Um, I also wrote a blog this week about how my family almost ruined the 1996 Olympics. So, uh, if you check out OneNerdyCouple.com, <laughs> you can uh, check out how my family did That's that. That's a teaser. <laughs> <laughs> ruined the Olympics. <laughs> It was, it was a pretty epic story. But anyways, so uh, that's what I did this week. Um, a lot of work. Um, I do recommend going to see Dark Knight Rises if you haven't yet, if you're listening for whatever spoilery purposes and just listening to us rant about it. Uh, I do recommend seeing it. Yeah, sorry we spoiled you if you didn't. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we but hey, if you didn't know, come on. <laughs> We, we put up the warnings, and our show is fuck yeah, Batman. I'm pretty positive you should have known by now. But anyways, um, this is where Chris usually closes out, and I don't know how to do it. So, Chris, you can close us out. How's that? <laughs> All right. I'm not even warmed up right now. Uh, well, uh, thanks in advance to everyone that did listen to the show, either live this week or via podcast, Stitcher, whatever method you use. If you have a chance, please take a moment to uh, review us or rate us on iTunes. That helps us out. Leave us some comments via Twitter or Facebook. Let us know what you're thinking of the show. Any suggestions for things like Rumble Pits or bit suggestions you'd like to see. If you'd like to guest host sometime, let one of us know. You can find the show at atgnpodcast.com at um, brain fart, sorry. Twitter at atgnpodcast and facebook.com slash allthingsgoodnerdy are the multiple places you can find us on the internet. We are also on Stitcher Radio. You can listen to the show there. I think we've I've shamelessly self-promoted the show as much as I can right there. Um, we also, like at, at least on my end, and I'm sure this is from everyone's, and uh, our hearts go out to those in Aurora, Colorado, for the shooting during Dark Knight Rises. Um, that was a terrible tragedy. I didn't want to touch on it during the show, but I. Uh, you can donate to them for, via the Red Cross. They are accepting donations for the families of those involved. Um, also, uh, next week we'll have uh, Shy Town Spidey on. Uh, we'd like to do Question the Crew next week, so send us questions that you want us to answer on the show. And um, hopefully within the next week or so, I'll have a vault get together. So if you are in the Chicagoland area and want to play some classic games, um, we will be uh, hosting a vault event somewhere in the near future to play games. And uh, we can talk about that. We'll talk about it on the podcast. Well then, folks, another show is in the can. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week when we stream live at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Central. You can thanks, do the Jeremy, math for, for coming back again. Zones. Yes, and thank you so much, Jeremy. Oh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Well, have a good one. It's, it's a subject I can speak a lot on. <laughs> <laughs>
facebook.com slash allthingsgoodnerdy. All Things Good and Nerdy streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can watch us live, or better yet, you can download the podcast. The podcast is available on iTunes. Just search for All Things Good or Nerdy in the podcast store. Or alternatively, you can download the podcast directly from our Podbean website, which can be found in the attached show notes. If you'd be interested in acting as a guest host in an upcoming episode of All Things Good and Nerdy, let one of us know, either via Twitter or Facebook. We're always looking for new guest hosts who'd be interested in being part of the podcast. All Things Good and Nerdy has three main hosts, those being Adahe, Naki, and Chris. That's it for this week. Don't forget to tune into the show next week. We'll see you then. Bye.